Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. My name is Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 81 with illustrator and tattoo artist Natalie Hall, who joins us this week to share her adventures as a tattoo apprentice. And she shares a ton of crazy stories from her crazy academic career and her experiences with the madness known as Comic-Con. Natalie also gives us some really great insight as to what kind of artist, music, and films inspire her, as well as what her creative process is like. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. Sign up now at thecollectivepodcast.com slash audible for a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook. This week, I highly recommend checking out Stephen King's latest book, Dr. Sleep. If you're a fan of Stephen King's work at all, check this one out because it takes place right after The Shining left off. So it's a really addictive read. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. Check it out. Big thanks to Natalie again for sharing her time with us. This is going to be episode 81. Let's roll. was going through your blog now i follow you on instagram obviously as you know because i'm always like ooh and ah <laughs> um, but it's cool it's cool to see off my phone like on the computer uh all your work from like years past and it's just for me when i see your work i'm just like ah, oh, i need to like go and draw like right now like drop <laughs> everything and go draw it's you have a contagious energy uh in your art that's for me it just reminds me of like the joy of like finding forms and stuff so yeah, so absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, I just, I'm just super excited to talk about like where all this stuff comes from. You know, I'm just curious and <laughs> yeah. tell me everything. No, I'll probably just... all find out because I don't even think I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the best thing though, because it's just about, I guess, just discovering um, through conversation a lot of times too when we have podcasts with people. Um, I kind of ask a lot of weird questions that I don't think it gets asked normally. And yeah, there's like this weird discovery. I think after the talk, it's almost like perhaps talking to a psychologist or something, (laughs) psychoanalyzing your decisions and stuff, which probably maybe it's not a good thing. So (laughs) you're just like, I don't know why I do it, but um, yeah, thank you. I'm sure you probably got a lot of stuff going on. So thanks for sharing your day just to stop drawing. So But yeah, there's, um, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Like, there's so much to talk about. I have I have some questions that I for sure want to make sure I get out there. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like a jackass because usually I tell everybody on like Facebook or Twitter who I'm going to be talking with so they can mm-hmm. ask questions. But it's been a crazy week with work and I forgot to post up. So people are going to be missing out on opportunities. But I'm going to hope that I can get as many questions as I imagine people would ask, which is probably mm-hmm. like, how did you get started in art and like what inspires you and like what tools do you use? You know, like the, the top three questions and stuff. Yeah, so. the ones I always get. <laughs> <laughs> I know those are plenty. Do you want to get those out of the way so that we can just kind of dig into other stuff? Because I'm sure, um, I don't know, do you do, you probably respond to a lot of emails and then do you do interviews as well that are written interviews? No, I haven't done that many, honestly. Um, hmm. Not that many people are are interested i guess which is fine how dare they <laughs> they're just they just don't know yet so it's fine i like it's it's nice to be like anonymous that is true there's a lot of power in that yeah then you can hide away from all the 
all the madness from people because it does get crazy and it gets really distracting too yeah it can be Uh, social media has a definite like it's a double double double-edged sword yep but you seem to be using it well like um like instagram for example (laughs) um i try yeah it's good like spreading out a lot of these different you know your art and getting it out onto different platforms and stuff do you freelance is that what you do yeah that's my main and you're apprenticing at a tattoo shop too? Is that what you Yeah, said? I just started uh, about two months ago apprenticing. Ah, cool. What's the shop's name? Uh, I, I'm at Purple Panther Tattoos on Sunset in Hollywood. Okay, so you're right there in like the center of Hollywood in LA then, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, what brought that upon? Like what were you always interested in tattoos or did you know somebody or yeah, I mean, I, I love tattoos. Um, I like getting them. Mm. So the idea of like being able to dececorate your body is how I mainly see tattooing. Mm-hmm. I and agree. so yeah, and so um, I had wanted to when I was in high school, but then I ended up going to college. Boo! With, uh, no, I'm right? I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> Part of me is like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most but, college uh, students are. Um, so I had some downtime between like gigs, of, like freelance work. And it happens from time to time when I'm like, I'm not really doing that much, um, freelance for companies. So I'm either drawing for myself just to pass the time. And I figured maybe just taking up tattooing could fill those, uh, those blanks, so it would give me something to do that's creative and I can also, you know, make money off of it. So Yeah, l- tattooing is a is a decently lucrative business, um, especially if you're good and you have like returning customers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And you obviously know how to draw and you have a really cool style. So I think um, if you stick with it, apprenticeship is really challenging. I actually um, was doing it too. Um, when I do it, like, I can't remember. I was, like, 17 or 18. That's when I was trying to do it. Oh, man. And I watched, I saw that picture of you scrubbing the floors. So I was like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they're, like, you're, like, the, I, the thing I really love about the tattoo world, The I mean, I think it's becoming bastardized, like, fucking crazy now, which is kind of disgusting. But the thing I really love is it's very Japanese where it's, you know, the lowest person is encouraged or helped by the one right above because when that person's below that person can take the person above them, they can, they can proceed as well. And so it's like the apprenticeship program with tattooing is very Japanese and, and, um, it's very, um, depending on the shop, it's, it can be really strict and stern and sometimes not so much, but, um, I, I just like that because if you're going to be serious about something, um, you have to commit and it starts with like washing the floors and stuff, you know, it's not like you just go right in there and like, Oh, give me the, the freaking tattoo machine and let me start, <laughs> start working on it. You just like, it takes a long time. I don't think a lot of people are aware of that too. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with tattoos. I, I, um, I have a lot of tattoos too. And I think that I have the same approach with it and stuff. So part of me is like kind of jealous that you're doing it. Cause I'm like, oh, I'd go like the apprentice and start learning tattoo too. But yeah, I, I lucked out with my mentor um, because I honestly just emailed him. He tattooed me about three years ago and, uh, 
and I had just been like asking around for a decent uh, tattooist because I needed to get something done. And my friend uh, told me about him. So then I just emailed him like a few months ago asking him in regards of like what to do to become an apprentice. Yeah. And he was just like so quickly was like, well, I'll take you on. Like There you go. And I was like, well, all right. And I thought it was for the best to start off in Hollywood instead of like finding a place nearby because I'm out in Covina. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like far from uh, the center of LA. Yeah. But being like being able to start and I don't mind the drive in. I only go in about two days a week. Okay. That's not, that's tolerable. Yeah. So like the rest of the week I'm working on freelance and then Saturdays and Mondays I go in. Cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. You're going to learn so much. It's, t- I think tattooing is, is, is completely its own animal, too. Like, it is, yeah. It's um, complete. I mean, drawing on skin, uh, marking somebody permanently, that relationship and that bond that you have with that person, um, if it's really true, it can last a lifetime. My friend Dave Hartman, who does a lot of my tattoos, um, him and I are incredibly close, and I think a big part of it is because like there's a trust there and I've allowed him to like mark my body basically for yeah. my entire life, you know, and there's something really cool about that. I would get more tattoos. I've just, um, I've, I've been training jujitsu a lot and I don't like to like take a break from it because yeah. you have to let it heal or you'll get like crazy mm-hmm. infection. But yeah, if I had a, ch- a choice, I'd be like covered from like my neck all the way down <laughs> to my feet. <laughs> yeah. My wife is like, eh, I don't know about that, but yeah. yeah is there any um, particular artist or tattoo um artist out there now that you're really into um yeah i follow an artist in vancouver called nomichi and uh i don't know if you've seen her work before i'm looking it up right now i probably (laughs) have but um oh that's cool and her style is just it's it's uh, relatively inspiring to me that like it's becoming a fad right now I think because there's so, so many styles of tattooing because that's a question I get a lot from people yeah who don't really know um, my work or will just ask me because they found out I'm an apprentice they ask me what kind of style I like to tattoo in or I prefer to tattoo in yeah and it's hard to answer now because I don't have like I'm not doing Japanese or like geometric or American, you know, <laughs> yeah. prison style, you know. So it's like, well, I'm just kind of doing my own. And it almost sounds like pretentious to, to like state sure. that to someone I don't know. But I can't explain it otherwise, like, because I'm not doing. Well, I think the thing is because you're already an established artist and you have your own style now. And, and a lot of people, I think, go to tattoos. There's a lot of tattoo artists I know that aren't even artists they're just really good at like copying something else and that's where like the the sailor jerry stuff i mean people will hate me for saying it but it's Mm -hmm. very it's very it's incredibly simplified and there's some people that can pull off the americana style like incredibly amazing but for the most part there's a lot of like there's a lot of imitators that can pull it off and it was it was mainly made in back then when it was everything was a lot more simplified the tools weren't as refined and you didn't have a lot of like control with the outcome, so you would just do like a big anchor, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that and was there, your shit. <laughs> there were designs that like these stenciling on the the ta- the the design was going to be lost very quickly. Yeah, 
They didn't have it like we do now. And so they had images that they had done so many times that if they lost the stencil, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's... That's just a testament of the time. There's still a lot of people that get Americana stuff. And I think Americana mm-hmm. stuff is really cool because it's graphically interesting. And I, I love seeing like the spinoffs of popular culture through the Americanas, like Star Wars characters and like, you know, Sailor Jerry style, like big solid shapes and blacks. Yeah, a friend has been doing that. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I don't know. Like for me, uh, it's it's constantly evolving. It's really interesting now. Like my first tattoo I got, I think I was like, 17 or 18 I can't remember I was really young and um probably too young and I I remember tattoo (laughs) tattoos are kind of like a little bit more taboo they became very popular with all like the popular culture and all these like bullshit television shows reality shows of like tattoo gods whatever and there's all these like silly weirdo people getting famous I never really followed it but it's master yeah yeah it's really interesting to me though to see (laughs) how popular it and, and, and common it has become because it was really almost like, uh, I remember I was dating a girl one time and, and her parents, they were like, dude, this guy sucks. Like he's got tattoos, get him out of here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think it's much more accepted now. And perhaps it's just because I'm getting older and I don't give a shit about like what people think because it's my own body, you know? So, yeah. but, um, it's just interesting. And, and what I'm getting at is, is, it's cool to see how the transition of everything, like how it's becoming more of a popular culture kind of thing. And then seeing, like, I'm curious to see your style and apply it. And then I'm looking at, um, Nomichi, the tattoo artist you're mentioning, like her Mm -hmm. style, or I've seen a lot of like James Jean kind of styles coming out as well. And stuff like that, like more fluid and like whimsical kind of stuff is really interesting. Mm-hmm. yeah it's fascinating stuff but tattoos itself is i can talk about it forever i really love uh shige's work you ever seen shige's work i don't think i have oh yeah his work is amazing um he does like full um suits i i went to a convention one time he did a whole back piece um i think it was two sittings holy hell yeah it's crazy he had like oh, a those those big mags you know like with like the 15 needle or whatever it's it just just like a blasting inch it's it's it's, uh he was just smashing it he's from yellow blaze tattoo he's a a japanese dude i think um uh, let's see um and my brain's melting away um sean barber did a portrait of him which is really cool he has a full mm-hmm. body suit as well. Yeah, we're getting him on the podcast. I'm so, I'm so excited about that. He's like a he's like one of those artists who's oh. just like, dude, you rock. <laughs> he's I don't know if you've ever yeah. if you ever been to his website. I always re- reference it, but he's he has like a, this really cool like mantra of like being an artist and being humbled by the fact that you're constantly growing and stuff. But yeah, but yeah, Shige's work is just fucking epic. Um, yeah, I don't know if you get a chance to check it out. I think you'd really like it because it's transitions of soft to hard shapes and then tones and then pushing pushing everything. But also, like, it's incredibly complex, but he pushes shapes through. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really fantastic. And it's traditional yeah. Japanese with his own spin stuff, but... Um, oh, man. Yeah, I found the website, so I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, tattoo porn. Like, uh 
Yeah. When yeah. It, if you if you knew how fast he worked too, you'd just be like, "What the fuck, man!" Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your apprentice is probably familiar. If you can get his book, um, my friend Dave has his book at the shop. It's just, it's just like, dude, come on, man! Like, just mm-hmm. these beautiful women's bodies just covered in this epic art, this epic stuff. So. Jesus. Also, Thomas Hopper, I think his name is. Have you seen Thomas Hopper's work? He does a lot of the Geo stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Does that stuff perplex you? It terrifies me. It's like, it's awesome. I love it. It's great. But like to do it, I would never. Yeah. (laughs) I would just cry. Do you think with when you're going to start doing your tattoos and stuff, are you going to stick to the way that your hand and eye works with tattoos? Or are you going to start bending your style in order to, uh, you know, like having to do a Sailor Jerry kind of thing or blending into doing some kind of Japanese stuff. Yeah, I still have to, um, I've started tattooing. Oh, you already started? Yeah, like I've started on myself. Oh, okay. And I've tattooed a few other people okay. uh, for free because that's what, it, that's how it goes. That is how it goes. <laughs> and uh, it's it's been le- a learning process, obviously, that I'm trying to figure out how to, because so many people, when they see the, 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 ballpoint pen stuff that I do they're always very avid about either wanting to get it as a tattoo or thinking that it would look great as a tattoo and it might but (laughs) I don't think the shading that I do is going to translate completely yeah Um, because there's also the aging factor Mm -hmm. of your skin and it could just end up looking like a blob at some point so i <laughs> it all does. i never yeah it all will eventually but i i just try to tell people that it it might like the the design might look good and that's fine but i'm not so much uh sure about the shading technique i use i still have to figure that out yeah i mean the i always tell every time i get a tattoo i look at it and go that's fucking sick yeah because it's, <laughs> it's, it's all black and it hasn't like it's just the top layer of your skin that's all destroyed and yeah. it, it looks like it's super popping and looks it looks epic and then like a week later you look at it it's like oh it's all fucking gray and shit you know like <laughs> this sucks yeah <laughs> it could be better but it's yeah, you'll find it. You'll find whatever. Like, I think with art, I think as you know, it's like your your style will it'll find you, and the decisions yeah. you make, like they 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 kind of find you as you go along with it, and just, mm-hmm. and whatever you whatever like your style comes out with tattooing, it's it's gonna have to be different from obviously your art, but it'll probably have some similar characteristic. I I imagine. Yeah. Do you get tired of people with that whole conversation? Like, can you draw me a tattoo? That's one of the main things that if I show somebody that I draw, uh-huh. like, can you draw me a tattoo? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, what do I, does it say tattoo guy on my forehead? <laughs> do you find that to be annoying? I find it to be annoying. Those were, get like, I was getting so many emails about those. <laughs> and, at, and it was just at a point, too, where I was like, I don't know, like, wasn't confident really about my design work in general mm. and to be and for me it's a big deal like to take on a tattoo design oh yeah uh for someone a lot of uh, people get so, stupid yeah. shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's good though that you respect somebody's like life and their body enough to like consider thinking about it you know yeah I, I had to be just 
fair to them, in my opinion, that I, if I wasn't going to, if I didn't feel confident about it, I didn't want to. That's good. But, but then I was like, well, so many people are freaking asking me, why don't I just do it all myself? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so are you tattooing what are you doing on your knees and your legs? Yeah, I've got like, um, I think I did about seven, seven or eight on my legs. Damn. Are you showing your apprentice or your teacher, I mean? Your, your yeah, master? Yeah, I do them all. Yeah, my master. master. I do them at the shop and okay. he's always there when I'm there. Why don't you do the pigskin? You're like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happened. I was like, because you hear about people practice on like fruit mm-hmm. and, and pigskin and the thing that my... And babies. And babies, you know, because <laughs> they're not going to object. They, anyway. They can't. They can't. They can't, they can't even talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to find a live pig, honestly. <laughs> Dude, that would be the worst. It as just, a pet. It would yeah. just shit on you and scream and be upset. <laughs> just hold it down. <laughs> While it's sleeping. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, but then PETA would get so mad. Yeah, then you'd have to like put... You'd have to cook it and then put it in a pita and then take a picture of you eating the pig in a pita. <laughs> That's so messed up. I was telling my friend a joke like that the other day, like about the pita, because every time I hear that, I'm like, ah, oh, I fucking, I totally want some hummus right now. <laughs> it is the worst thing to think of, like, because I love animals. I'm just being a stupid idiot, but um, yeah. I love animals too. That's why I hate pita. <laughs> what's the deal with that? Are they shitheads towards? Animals? Yeah, no, they. I think they they uh, misuse funds. Oh, okay. I that's the real shitty thing about that stuff is you never know where the money goes to. You know, it could could go to like actual really helping some animals out, or it could go to like some dude's like jaguar payment. You know, right? And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It, that's. I wish that there was a way of finding like a direct. Uh, maybe in the future, you know, like Kickstarter is really this thing I'm finding to be fascinating. The open source kind of network of things. Me. Does it? Why does it frighten yeah. you? It's because I also am not sure. Like, well, one, I just don't know how to. It's new and it's different and it terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> don't be I afraid. Just, I, I don't understand it. So it just terrifies me, <laughs> which is actually essentially what it is that I just, I don't understand the whole process of it. And then the whole thing with like making promises to people. <laughs> sure. It's fucking crazy. It's like, I'm going to, it's going to get out of hand and I'm going to forget something and yeah. I'm going to upset people. And that's what I just don't want to do. Did you do a Kickstarter or do you consider no. doing one? No, I'm just like I said. I'm just terrified. Yeah, of the overcommitment of something. Yeah, yeah, it's a bitch. I have a friend that um, Anthony Jones who did a book. He did, and he got instantly backed, and like I think he was only asking for like ten grand. He got like sixty five grand, and it went over. Yeah, that's just. (laughs) And he like over. He got all this stuff, and that motherfucker. He's like he has ADD or something. He's like fucking doing all kinds of other shit, and people are like, dude, where's the fucking book? And uh, it's, that's exactly what would happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about the same thing because I'm going to do that. And I'm like, but I'm going to do it only if I can get like 80% of the project done so I can be really close to it and be, right. and be like, okay, like I can handle committing to people because I've already 80% there, you know? Yeah. The bitch about that is it's just like, 
doing 80% of a, a three-year project, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, this is going <laughs> to work out. getting money, yeah. yeah. Or not getting money. Or not getting, exactly. And then it's like, uh. <laughs> it's just all too much, like, of a commitment to me. Just, yeah. I guess commitment just terrifies me. We're going to mm. find out new things today. Yeah, yeah. Well, commitment, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's, yeah, commitment is a very difficult thing. I mean, uh. I don't know. It can trans for me. It's like uh, dealing with that because you know I'm married and I have a child and I have mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a business and all that stuff. And it it can drown you if you don't look at it in the right way. I yeah. think it can be really scary. So I understand it 100. percent And so when I think about like all this stuff with the Kickstarter, I'm like, eh, maybe I can handle this. So. <laughs> <laughs> if I can handle all this stuff, I can probably handle that. But, That's a good way to remind yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I guess it's perspective and stuff. And then maybe with you, with the tattooing and stuff, because tattooing is a commitment thing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once you decide to do it, that's why I decided to get away from it. Cause I was like, ah, like I like design too much. And like, I was like, I probably can make more money doing design and film stuff and Mm -hmm, not like it was only about money but it is to make a living you know like we gotta it sucks not being able to pay the bills it's a fucking bitch you know so those days are over i'm sick of that shit (laughs) (laughs) what's it like (laughs) how's it going for you though like what's what's a typical day like for you and how's how's freelancing been for you freelancing i love it yeah i enjoy i i do prefer having a place to go to Mm. rather than just like waking up and sitting at my desk, (laughs) which happens to be like right next to my bed. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's bad lifestyle. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Cause then you're just like, I sit at my desk. I'm like, Oh, I'm not really doing anything. I could just lay down for a little. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be incredibly disciplined. A lot of people need that switch. I have friends that just have a studio space so that they can get away from their house. Mm-hmm, yeah, I do have friends like that too. Lucky bastards, right? No, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I have the same thing as what you have. Is my studio is in my house, and it's like right next to my bedroom. So, yeah, I could just kind of like I can just like do a, a crawl into it, like a wor- <laughs> I could worm my way into the office, and I always find like just, it kind of. I like the convenience of it personally and I could make the switch, but yeah, when there's days and multiple days where I don't leave the house necessarily except yeah. to like outside, I'm like, Oh man, like this is not good. And then I forget how to function like a, a real human. <laughs> you have that too. Wondering like what my face is doing when I'm talking <laughs> to a person. <laughs> yeah. I have that same problem. I, became, <laughs> I used to be really social and then being at home a lot, made me kind of a recluse and then I would have a hard time in public settings. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you and like, just like get all Asperger's-y and shit. (laughs) Like when I walk away when people are talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I find I've gotten really just casual when it comes to, when it comes to interacting and if I really just don't, I'll check out real quick of a conversation and not really feel bad about it. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I could, be doing something else right now or just make up an excuse and like leave the conversation oh yeah that's yeah i don't do you think that's part of just being so insular all the time it might yeah i think it has to be i mean we're we're creatures of the habit so i think yeah if you continually do something your body just reacts in a way and you kind of get used to that norm 
So, yeah, I found it hard. I noticed that you also, do you go to, like, Comic-Cons and stuff as well? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Isn't that a fuck? Like, crazy? <laughs> oh, I get so upset, yeah. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I get really angry when I go, because uh, I've been to Comic-Con in San Diego, I think, oh, the geez. last three years. Yeah, yeah. And every year I'm just like, no, I'm not going to go. Because after the <laughs> first to, time, though. I was like, screw that. Like, why would I ever <laughs> go to that willingly? Yeah. And then for some reason, the next year, I still found myself at it because someone will end up with like an extra pass and will offer it to me and, and I'll find a ride down and I'll just be like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> and then I get there and I'm, I'm, I'm as angry as the year before just because like the absolute amount of people there. It's insane. This it is ridiculous. I've been going since I was younger. I don't know, like. Well, you knew years. it at a time when it wasn't so bad then. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago or so. I'm 31 now. I was going like, I don't know, when I was like in my teens, I think I was the first time I had ever gone. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like, it was just one, the one main room. That was it. Mm -hmm. and, oh, then, yeah. and then like two years later I went and there was like, like porn industry there. And I was like, what the fuck? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Like it went like, cause porn was like, Hey, like let's jump in on all these like horny nerds, you know, let's like make some money. <laughs> and, and then it went from the, the porn, they kicked the porn stuff out and mm -hmm. then it went into like celebrities and bullshit like that. And now it's like, right. now it's TV like movies, shows. games, TV right. shows, and, and comics is like in the corner. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck, man? Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, isn't this called Comic Con? Yeah. Movie Con? Or... It is. It's crazy. There's also like WonderCon. Um, I, or I think it's WonderCon in Am Anaheim. I go. Yeah, to, I went to that. Yeah. That's tolerable. Yeah, it's all right. So it's, it's kind of okay, but part of me um, with the conventions, I'm like, I hate it too, because I'm like, what the fuck? Because it's too much for me. Oh it's, yeah, I can't. I get really angry at like everyone around me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, the, the analogy that seems to work for me when I explain Comic Con to people that haven't been or don't understand what I'm talking about is like, it's like being on the internet. And you're on a real shitty website yeah. and all these pop-ups are everywhere and you can't <laughs> like, you can't shut them down fast enough. Yeah. And you're just inundated with like, just, it's just, just get like overwhelmed by pop-ups. Visual diarrhea, just yeah. bukkake in your face. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's just like, you don't want it. You just don't want it so bad. <laughs> but then yes. there's, there's that moment where you find that like epic, mobius like one-off book and you're like i can only get this here so i have it's all worth this one book <laughs> <laughs> try to lie to yourself and say it's all worth it. hey sh it's working <laughs> yeah, it's, part of me likes it and i also like um seeing some art my my buddies that do art or they have booths there as well and oh yeah i definitely like that that's probably the only reason i will make myself go is like to see them there and then to be able to hang out with them after yeah that's in the madness it's you think it's mad there it's like going out like if you go anywhere 10 block radius i know up, yeah because you're just like all right uh, it's over it's done for the day and then you go to like the gaslight district and you're just like they're all there nobody left yeah you're seeing the same exact people you didn't want to see yeah no thanks it's ugh. yeah <laughs> but i find i find just going there reminds me of just like how apathetic i am towards 
just about everything, I guess. Because mm. cause I see how many people are just so dedicated to like a TV show or a movie mm. or an actor. Yeah. Wait in those lines. For yeah. Yeah. So I remember going, um, I was with my friend Aaron. He is out from New Zealand and we were there the night before we were just walking around or showing him San Diego. Um, and we were just cruising around. It was late night. Uh, I think it was like 12 o'clock and there was a line. Yeah. Like, it, it turned invisible. That's how long it was. It was like, what the fuck? Into the darkness. Yeah, into the darkness. <laughs> it was like, what the shit? And it was just, it was like five people wide and just went invisible. Like the trail, uh-huh. trail of tears that was still state. And it was like walking along and I got to the front of it. I was like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we're like Avril Lavigne's going to be signing in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Avril fucking Lavigne? Like, she's like big like 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What the fuck? But I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't obviously didn't want to be a dick. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, enjoy and have fun and, and stuff, you know. And, yeah, and But I, in my head, I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. you guys got to get a hobby, you know, like. But I'm, yeah, I'm all for these people who are like, that's cool. Like you're dedicated. Sure. You you be dedicated, but I like my mind doesn't wrap around it. No, I think well because we're perhaps more interested in what our own heads have to create. You know, like, <laughs> I I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't want to. That it just reminds me that there's for every leader, there's a lot of followers. You know, and yeah, and and, and I think everybody in in the right situation has the potential. It's all energy, really. When you break it down, everybody has potential. It's just a matter of how you channel that energy. You know, like mm-hmm. the moment that maybe you saw a piece of art that really inspired you to like, you know what, I'm gonna try that. Or the same for me. Um, maybe it was a moment that an Avril Lavigne song came on in the car and they're like, Oh fuck. Like this is my fucking jam. You know, like my life is right here. And all I want to do is just like rock out Avril Lavigne. And you know, so, um, that makes you happy. It's true. And as long as you're not like being an asshole or harming anybody. So, and that's one thing too, I noticed about the comic con crowd for the most part, it's like 99% people that are just pretty chill and they're, they, they, they don't want to be there either because it sucks, but they're there because like it's their one day out of the year or whatever that they can be all stupid, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's like Halloween early, I guess, for some people. Sure. It's escapism. There's a lot of escapism though that happens with comics and stuff and films yeah. and stuff. I think there's a lot of projectionism. Like there's a lot of people that are like, you know, wanting to be Superman and shit. Like, um, yeah, I had a, I was talking about cosplay on one of the podcasts and how, how much it annoys me. <laughs> and do you have the same problem? I had a problem with the cosplay. I think it's cool. Like, I think it's fucking rad when people put their time and make like an effort to create their own shit and like build it. That's fucking cool. Like, but when yeah. I'm at Comic-Con, it's just like ridiculous. Um, it's the, know. it's the photo op moments. Yeah. That's what that I'm talking get about. get me annoyed. Yeah. And yeah. that's about it, honestly. Cause yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of friends um, back when I was in Florida who were very much into cosplaying and making their own costumes and um, performing in areas and like conventions in the area, which was cool. And a lot of them also did um, like volunteer work for like kids in hospitals. They'd go visit. Oh, that's rad. And cheer them up, you know. That's um, way cool. Yeah. So it was a, it was really neat seeing, you know, what you actually could do outside of Comic-Con with your costume that you probably spent a lot of money on. 
Yeah. And like not wear it just one weekend of the year or, you know, how many conventions you, you travel to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, I, I guess it's just per situation, per person and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. It's just, it is really weird. It is an interesting, like just concept to want to do that. Like we'll just dress up in general and as like a, a Batman. Speaking of it's Halloween today. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> are, you, are you doing anything tonight? I am. Yeah. I've got, uh, like a, two parties to go to i think dang you're gonna be like turning people down left and right you're all i had a podcast (laughs) earlier today i'm all i'm all talked out this is it this is all i got yeah i'm just gonna just check out (laughs) so quickly tonight go in the corner grab your pentel brush pen (laughs) start going to town (laughs) Yeah. yeah halloween's an interesting thing i always find it to be yeah I, I have the only like holiday I like to celebrate. Yeah, no Christmas. I don't care about Christmas. <laughs> I don't <laughs> at all. I'll buy my parents gifts or my family gifts. You close with your family? Yeah, that's cool. Are they back in Florida? They're in Mississippi now. Mississippi, damn, that's yeah. crazy. But you get a chance. What? Why did you end up coming out here? Oh, I was born here in in, uh, in L.A.? Redondo. Yeah, in Redondo. Redondo, okay. I used to live there, too. And we uh, lived in Oxnard for about five years. Mm. And then we left. <laughs> oh, fuck this place. <laughs> my dad, yeah, my dad was like, we're going to go to Georgia. So, like, because uh, it's so expensive out here. Yeah, it's crazy expensive. And moving out helped us get, like, helped my dad get everything, like, back together got a handle on life in general and it's really it's a rat race in that city any city any place that the cost of living is really high yeah it's a bitch because you sacrifice like time with your family because you're busy working to provide you know if you're not working you're in traffic yeah to get back to- yeah I, i'm not a big fan of the traffic up there i don't, yeah. think, I don't think anybody is i think that city's planned in like the worst way it's, it's like this i don't understand it so but it's like a friend of mine said it perfectly it's like as if you took manhattan and you and you took new york and you just flattened it all out into one story so oh, it would God. be la because la is so broad and so large and there's, yeah it is freakishly large yeah and it's, <laughs> it's it's scary when you fly over it too and you realize it's just the fucking desert and you're like how's all this water gaining out to everybody out there and <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's, exactly it's really scary you know yeah so i'm like i need to get out of here i need to go back to hawaii and just go fucking chill out in the lushness that would be lovely yeah it is the bomb <laughs> I I I was not a big fan of Florida or Georgia. No, but that's why I came back. Also, because there's really just no um, there's no business out there for mm. artists. Like there's there's L A. and there's New York, San Francisco too. San Francisco, yeah. It's but you're, incredibly you're expensive have to and be, yeah, super yeah. brainy. You know, freakishly expensive. The dot com dudes are just crushing it there and like the cost of living i think it's one of the most expensive places in the united states to live yeah i I saw an article yeah that they were saying that san francisco i think surpassed new york yeah rent wise (laughs) yeah it's like come on i have a friend i think that's living there or he was telling me that he was applying to rent a one-bedroom 
I don't know, 800 square feet or something for like $2,500 a month or something. Oh, okay. And he had to apply four months in advance and then they dismissed him at the end of it oh. because somebody was willing to pay three grand or something. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> That's like mortgage on my entire house, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, some people really love that city and, and some pe- there's obviously a lot of money because of, of the new generation of these like you know tech gurus because information is so important you know so is it (laughs) i guess well you know it's it's where everyone keeps telling me but i don't know it is now pay attention now (laughs) (laughs) no i i think um yeah that's that's the commerce of the future is information you know it's it's pretty weird but that's why that place is crazy i like to go visit there though it's a yeah, I went for the first time uh, the beginning of this month for Ape. Because mm. um, that's like a convention too, right? Yeah, it's like a alternate press expo. I think. Oh, cool! I've heard that it's, one's really cool. It's really neat. I I was invited by uh, my friends Helen and Linda Chen, and um, who are also artists in like the animation industry. Oh, cool! Did they work for a studio or? Yeah, Linda is uh, moving down here soon, and Helen, because Linda lives up in San Francisco, and Helen works at Paramount. Okay, and does that, because when I see your work too, I always think, um, like, the translation to animation, for me, when I see it, like, if I was going to do animated film, I'm like, dude, come on, let's go make this, it'd be fun. Like, your style moving is fucking dope, you know? Like, what's that, that one Belvedere? There's that one French, old school French animated film. Um, oh, what the heck? What am I, I'm trying, trying to think of the name. What's in it? Like, what's it about? Uh, it's The animation style is kind of similar um, to your style. Let's see. Oh, I see. You're all, pfft. let's see. I'm looking for it. I can't think of it. It's Belvedere is like the last name that I remember. I think it's a French animation. Mm. Prince of Belvedere or something. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, I'll remember and I'll, I'll come up like 10 minutes later. So okay. It's how my brain works. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's always on delay. It's, it's overworked. <clears throat> but no, like... The your styling of characters and forms um, it's fucking rad. Like, you ever heard of CRCR, the shop CRCR out, no. in, out in France? I'll send you a link. It's really cool. I think you'll get a kick out of it. CRCR.fr. They have some of the sickest uh, animations uh-huh. that, and styles of today that I've seen. But man, I may get you connected with them because it would be <laughs> epic to see you guys like team up and do something amazing. I think they've collaborated with Mick Bess. You know Mick Bess. Oh yeah, I know Mick Bess. Yeah, yeah. his his work is really phenomenal. But yeah. they've connected with him and um, they did some really cool stuff. And but to go back to your friends that do it for um, like studios like Paramount and stuff, has that mm-hmm. ever been an interest of yours, or you're not really into it? You're all punk oh, rock yeah. about it? No. I- <laughs> I'm such a rebel. Um, I I initially had come out here for like to get into animation, mm-hmm. but and uh, and, no. and it didn't happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> I spent a like I spent a few months at DreamWorks, but not really for uh, design or anything like that. Like I just got like a temp job in their uh, 
consumer products division. Well, that's weird. So really all I was doing was just like correcting oh, toys. They're, not even, they're not even utilizing your epic strengths. Yeah. That's one that's one thing that really bugs me when companies become so big that like they move so slow and they're blind to shit. Like yeah. it, it drives me nuts. Um yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like when I see the way that you draw certain forms, there's this artist, I can't think of his or her name, but she did, he or she did the art, the design for the characters for um, Kung Fu Panda. Oh, are you thinking of Nico Marley? I think that's the person. It's yeah. fucking so good, right? He's French, yeah. Yeah, the French guy, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, he was a, a good inspiration on me during my college years. Like seeing his design work helped me a lot, I think. I think it just reminds you that there's no rules, you know? There really isn't, yeah. It's oh. it's annoying when... Because that's the thing about his work when it came out and they did Kung Fu Panda was that it's not... Um, it doesn't have to be cookie cutter like Disney. Um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for like shit-talking Disney, but... <laughs> But I get I've gotten so tired of like their their way of making everything kind of similar because it didn't it wasn't always like that at a, when it was in like two D animation. Yeah, you could definitely tell like a difference between films. You knew it was Disney, but there were like it was its own thing. Each each film was its own kind of style. Yes, indeed, and it was based off of that artist like sensibilities and 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 their tonalities and stuff. Yeah, and the story it had a lot to do. But lately I find that a lot of Disney stuff just say it. say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's all look it's all blending to me and yeah. and I've lost interest in it because of that. Not to like say that they're it's not terrible you know no no the artists are still amazing epic epic artists but i think the decision makers are these money makers and they're just like they're making decisions off of like you know like discussion groups and shit like that not instead of that you don't have like somebody that's incredibly passionate and has a voice that's pushing a product through you know that's a huge problem that i've seen with many companies and it's really gross like i had a alberto miogo on and uh he is an amazing artist. I don't know if you've ever seen his work, but mm-hmm. he's worked with Disney. He he art directed that Tron Uprising thing. Oh, okay. and his opinions of Disney are so funny because he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't give a shit and he just speaks his mind, and I love it. But it's he also knows that we're all part of you know he's a part of it and just as much you know so yeah. But I think that the integrity of things really loses itself. Like the other day, I put on um, Sword in the Stone to to fall asleep to and geez such a beautiful uh film it's just it's just filled with style like it's just like overflowing with style and even like um the great mouse detective is one of my favorites and just style is so good it's on netflix i also have it on i i watched it i watched that and and uh alice in wonderland for Mm -hmm. like every night for like three months (laughs) before i went to sleep especially alice in wonderland because it's such a relief it's such a unique film uh from disney you know it's so so special so it's it's like you would never get that anymore like we would never get a, a beetlejuice from the way that things are in this like time of people trying to recreate like 
Marvel shit. I don't understand what the hell is happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of ter- terrified of a lot of things. If <laughs> throughout this podcast, you're gonna find out I'm just terrified of everything. Yeah, don't be scared. But, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that just means that you care and that you're sensitive to the situation. You know, that's how I look at it. That's a good way to look at it. I guess. You guys, I mean, that's really what it is. Because um, I come from. When I was growing up, it was like the Jungle Book was my jam, mm-hmm. and then like Ninja Turtles came in. I was like, oh, yeah. and then the GI Joes, and I was like just creating all this stuff. And then I was always drawing, but now when I look at like what my daughter is into, it's a whole different world. She's into mm-hmm. like text messaging and oh, like <laughs> watch like watching stupid ass. Like I, sh- I I've taken Disney out of our house like off the TV and stuff because I uh-huh. hate it. Yeah, there's no the, like the shows no, are just they're horrible like they're, yeah. it's like i'm a pretty cute little white kid with problems and i'm rich it's like go fuck yourself like yes. <laughs> who writes these shows like it's so fucking dumb and and when she starts to to take this stuff in then she, she brings it and it regurgitates it in the house i'm like no 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 <laughs> fucking done. way you're doing yeah. this here <laughs> like and i feel like one of those parents that like i'd never wanted to become but it's just uh, my value system's too strong. I just can't allow it. And I feel like, I don't know, it's really weird. It's almost like, uh, I try not to watch too much TV, but the popular thing with American culture now is like judgment, you know? Like, oh, God, yeah. It's super gross. It's you like know? a pastime. It is. Like, let's, let's, we're, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm uh, un- incredibly unqualified to judge somebody. But so let's let me, do it anyway. yeah, let's do it anyways. You know? <laughs> and the sad thing is, is, um, it it pays it pays people watch it you know and that's the sad thing is um uh the people that are causing these things to continue are the audience you know yeah because if you accept it then they're gonna take it as like oh well they like it let's keep freaking doing it you know yeah absolutely it's really gross yeah it bums me out a lot i try not to think (laughs) about society i I get really bummed out about society lately (laughs) <laughs> don't listen to the news then yeah oh yeah it. i stay i don't watch uh i don't watch tv yeah it's good. a fun thing for my my mom though when i go back and visit them on, in like december because last year i hadn't watched tv in about two years oh good for That's you i'm i had seen her and i mean i'll watch stuff online you know i'll keep up with some shows online but i don't get the commercials mm. It's and uh, and my mom was having a ball just watching me watch commercials because <laughs> I would react to them because some of them were quite funny and and but these are things she'd been seeing you know like every day sure so like she tuned them out but to see me surprised over like whatever happens in like a two minute span <laughs> she was laughing so much at me it was yeah. great. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're kind of like uh, coming out of uh, isolation. A hole, yeah. I fucking hate commercials. I, fast- <laughs> I don't watch TV now unless I have like it recorded so I can fast forward through that shit because yeah. I, don't, I don't like it. It's really gross. I can't wait for that f- form of business to be depleted and destroyed because it's, it seems so idiotic to me that that's, that's part of like getting people to buy shit. But I guess it makes sense. Like I said, when I looked at that, crazy long line of people it's like yeah they're just consuming you know and i'm also part of that too but i i don't know 
I don't know. Yeah. I refuse to acknowledge that I'm a part of <laughs> that consumer. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I mean, I, I, I have to be aware that every day I am consuming something in some way, yeah. you know, but... Yeah. Like one thing I've been trying to be really cautious about and maybe, I don't know, this can spur another conversation is like diet and, and health. Oh, I'm the worst. Oh no, that's bad. Yeah. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about not caring. Really? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I'm bad about it. That might change eventually. It might when I hit like 30 or something. <laughs> well, how, like well how old are you then? I'm 25 right now, yeah. Yeah, you got five years. I got five years. My metabolism started to really change at like 28. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Where'd this shit come from? Yeah. I didn't sign up for the JLo booty contest, you yeah. know? <laughs> then it just sneaks up on you like a fucking ninja. It's a fat ninja. Yeah, a fat ninja. <laughs> I try to get, ra- get away from it. But yeah, I've been really trying to focus on trying to keep a good um diet and health because i sit around and you know designing yeah. and working all the time and uh it's bad i one of my friends said recently that if you sit around all day like you get colon cancer and shit i'm like oh man like, oh like that's one thing you can't tell me this shit and it just yeah, sticks in my head i have a clouded mind it just like kind of never stops so now it's in your head and you're already kind of a worry person so every time you're sitting down you're like oh man like Am I getting colon cancer? (laughs) My friend Anthony turned me on to this thing called psyllium husk. What is that? It's like, um, it's this old school, like root thing and they break it down into fiber and you, it's dehydrated and you take like a spoonful and put it in a glass of water and mix it up really quick and slam it. And it expands in your digestive tract and cleans you all out. Oh. <laughs> get the visuals. Get the visuals. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> I tried to say it as poetically as I could. Oh my god. It cleans you out. Yeah. But it's supposed to be good for you, so well, that's yeah. something. So if yeah, so anybody is listening, try it out. Try it out. And take a picture and post it up on your Instagram. <laughs> Make sure you tag us. Yeah, please. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Up. That would be great. We're on there, so just tag us to your poopy pictures. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah it's my, Go ahead. Oh well, no. Just like on the topic of health, like my mom, mom sent me recently just like a package, and I was just like, she normally tells me if she's gonna send me something, and this one I didn't know what the hell it was, and I open it, and it's just really a bottle of vitamins, <laughs> and, and I was like, Eat these. Oh okay <laughs> yeah um and my i texted her i was like what what the what the fuck is this <laughs> that you gave me and then she starts like, call, like she calls me and she starts telling me all about it she's like oh it's this you know it's called moringa mm, and i think i've heard like, of it it's like a it's for i guess vegetarians because they don't get all the the vitamins they need yeah all they eat is green food are you vegetarian I'm not. <laughs> okay. I just don't eat well. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I skip meals a lot, so I'm clearly not getting the vitamins I need. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, like take one before breakfast every day. And I told her, I was like, mom, I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, well, whatever first meal of mom, the day. And mom. I'm like, okay. Good mom. <laughs> yeah. She tries so hard from far away. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're connected, you know, there's a bond that a mom and their child has. It never ends. It does. It's never going to end. The hardest pain I've seen in a human being is when I see, I had a, a best friend who died 
when he was 21 and what it did to his mom was it's like you never want to wish that on anybody it's yeah so horrible when when a parent outlives their kids especially a mom because it's almost as if the part of them dies you know well yeah you spend all that time like creating it (laughs) well wiping its butt and And sending it vitamins and explaining (laughs) vitamins to it at 25 (laughs) oh man i'm never gonna grow up what's a vitamin mom What is this shit? What is this shit? <laughs> Why is it in my hand? Yeah. At one point, she was like, it makes you normal. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's that supposed to fucking mean? Yeah, what are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it'll make you do some other things other than drawing. Now, yeah. Is your mom supportive of your art? She is. Both my parents are. That's killer. Do they do art as well? No, not at all. Uh-huh. Um my mom is from Mexico, and oh, yeah? she's done mostly, like, banks and, and uh, teller work and stuff like that. Oh, like financial stuff? Yeah. Mm. And my dad's an engineer. Okay. And did you were you drawing at a young age and just kind of always been in, inspired to draw? I think so. I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't honestly. I think it happened after, like, Disney films at a young age. Which Disney film do you remember kind of st- sticking in your mind or being uh, infatuated with? Oh, it's The Lion King. Yeah. Lion it's King. like everyone from my generation, I think, who's my age. We all got like kicked in the gut by Lion King, I think. Yeah, we were watching that the other night. Was, and I was singing the original, the first song, like screaming, <laughs> screaming it in my house, and it was like making my daughter she like cry. She she was laughing so hard. It's <laughs> super funny. She like she like throwing up her food and stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, the Lion King is one of those. It was like the last hoorah, I think. You know. Yeah. What's what have they made since then that I think is memorable? I think, Anna, for me, Lilo and Stitch was probably the last. Lilo and Stitch was fucking great. Yeah. Because that was just an amazing style and story. It was. It was really unique. I, damn, the background art is yeah. so epic. The watercolor stuff. Oh, it's, yeah. It's what the shit? Yeah, right? It's so epic. And that's right, the style and everything. And the story itself is really great as well. So uh, two ethnic characters, like all ethnic characters. Yeah, all Hawaiians. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's like a totally unique um, experience. My favorite thing about it was there was like not one white person. Oh, like a pretty white except princess for, like, with problems. The, like, except for like the tourist who had a, a, a burn. Oh, a I love that. That was so great because it's so true. I grew up yeah. in Hawaii, so it was really like a pretty accurate funny cartoon rendition of it seemed like it, Hawaiian yeah. culture it was really yeah Lilo and Stitch is actually that's true that's a fantastic little gem that came out of Disney and, and 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 I can't remember what's out since then but I haven't paid a ton of attention I haven't seen that one frog prince one yet the animation looks exquisite but oh uh, the the princess and the frog one yeah the princess and the frog I love that one yeah was it I good? thought it was great yeah. yeah I haven't seen it the animation looks exquisite though like really Really, it was nice, yeah. Really beautiful. Do you like any of the Pixar stuff? Oh, yeah. It's awesome, huh? Yeah, I don't remember the last one. <laughs> was it Cars? It's, I don't watch the Cars. I don't one. watch the Cars one. I, don't I consider haven't... those to be Pixar films. I consider those to be like John Lasseter's like, fatuated porn or something. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> I wasn't a part of I wasn't for it. Yeah, I think what it is is John Lasseter is so powerful there that nobody says, like, hey, dude, this isn't very good. 
I, yeah. Would you really want to though? Like, I'd be terrified. Again, I'll be terrified. I think that like, somebody should though. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, but I don't think that person's gonna be there. If they do. Then they, they shouldn't be working on cars if they don't want to be there. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 challenging. You know, like I don't the know. Whole, yeah, there's way too much. Uh, that's kind of why what like I fell out of the animation. Uh, all the politics and all the egos. politics in it, and yeah. it's just kind of. I mean, I would, I would still, I still take up freelance for some, some companies. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. But I'm not like as avid about getting a job in the animation industry. That was a like a that was like a goal. A stamp. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was I think like, you will. I think you will. I think it'll come it about. It could still happen. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you're drawing so much, and I'm sure that people are, you know. As you continually draw and progress, people are going to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of the right person going like, oh, like I've been writing this story and it's not necessarily with Disney or DreamWorks, but it could be like the next Pixar or something. Yeah, know? I've had I've had a lot of people, not a lot, but I've had a few That's come good. to me because of the way I draw. They want to collaborate. That's good. That's the best way, I think, you know, and I, I, I guess like deep down, it's just like continually do whatever you're going to do. And then it all comes about things naturally unfold as they will, you know? Yeah, that's that's the route I've decided to take, I think, because with also with the animation industry, I was getting a lot of, well, could you be like this instead? Mm, yeah. Um, and then it's like I would get <clears throat> a lot of worst. people. It was really frustrating for a while where I was like... I would get people telling me, can you do this? Can you draw like this or be more like someone else? And then there would be other people who were sent telling me, you got to be able to do everything. Like, yeah, what the hell, man? You got to do like props and backgrounds and painting and character and all sorts of things. And then I would have other people telling me, could you be more n- specific and like narrow your portfolio down? to like a certain style or like one style and then people tell me get a lot of styles do a lot of different things (laughs) so at a a certain point i was just like i'm just gonna do me yeah and when you're when you think that i fit something then you can come and ask me contact me or something but i just got just overwhelmed by the different opinions and trying to fit into their opinions and do what they were asking me to do. Yeah, because that can be incredibly challenging, you know, it and is, taxing. Yeah. I think anybody that's listening now and even established artists, I hear that a lot too. I remember, oh, you need to draw like so much stuff and be able to do all these things. And, and in my head, I go, oh, I don't want to fucking draw all that stuff because that's yeah. that shit's whack. Like, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to enjoy it. Yes. You're yes. going to tell in my drawing that I don't like to draw it. Yes. But if you do draw the things that you enjoy, then that oh, energy yeah. comes across. And I think animation is all about energy. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that purity of that energy, that harnessing it and really displaying it to other people so that they can feel that emotion. And mm-hmm. if you're contrived and kind of like forcing it, like people can feel it. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good way of approaching it is just going, this is my style and this is how I look at it and this is how. Yeah, because and that's also really challenging too because it might be a very long hard road for an artist that decides to do that, you know? Yeah. Because it's not like you don't fit into like uh you're not con- the person that everybody wants to hire right now, you know? 
Yeah. And you're just like, fuck. And there's probably a lot of self-doubt and just wondering, you know, that's the reason why I kind of like Kickstarter is it opens up avenues for people that want to do something of their own style and might not necessarily fit in the mold of Disney or DreamWorks, but, Mm -hmm. but people admire them enough to go, Hey, you know what? Like I support you. Here's 20 bucks. And you get enough people saying, here's 20, here's 40, here's a hundred bucks. Yeah. I could support your life for a year maybe, you know? Yeah. And for me, that's where I see the the benefit of it because that can encourage somebody to continually do their own thing. And it also shows that like there is a market to things that are not Disney or DreamWorks or Pixar. Like you don't have to keep regurgitating things to the public. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that there's also like, if you're not trying to be a a millionaire, like there's definitely ways of sustaining a life as an artist. It's just a matter of like what you choose and how you choose to do it and the market that you set out to be a part of and stuff. It's it's really interesting stuff though, but it's cool to hear that that's the path that you've taken and that's kind of your viewpoint on it and stuff. Because I think that's probably, I don't know, that's probably how you're able to develop your own personal style so much. Because if maybe if you're stuck at a studio, you would probably be working on other people's stuff so long. Mm-hmm. And then when you got home, you'd probably be too drained to do anything else of your own. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm just guessing because that's how it was for me. No, yeah, even when I was at DreamWorks um, for six months doing just like model like keeping things on model yeah i would come home and and because i would just i would drive over there and then i'd come home and sit in about an hour and a half worth of traffic Mm. and get home by like eight seven (laughs) or eight p.m and just your first meal the end of the day yeah and have my first meal (laughs) and and then be like that's pretty much the end of the day like i'll veg out on netflix and then go to bed and wake up early the next morning yeah yeah, and that I think maybe perhaps deciding to do the path that you are now, you'll be able to just discover your own self more. And who knows? I mean, that guy, that French guy we were talking about that did a lot of this stuff for the Kung Fu Panda, which is fucking amazing. Like, it's mm-hmm. so great. Yeah. I imagine, I'm just guessing, um, but I'm making a plausible guess that maybe he sat around and just drawing his own shit for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time just doing his own thing. Maybe. He used to be an animator, actually, I think. You can tell, like, the way he how was, fluid yeah. it is, how fast. I think, I think he was on, because uh, I am creepy or something, I know, his career. Creeper. <laughs> I'm going to send I this to him. Was on, <laughs> yeah, he was on, a uh, back when they did uh, The Road to El Dorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he was in charge of animating that little armadillo that oh, okay. shows up, like, a few times. That makes sense. I think I remember reading that in one of the books, actually. So you're not that creepy. Yeah. Well, I guess we're both just being creepy. We're just equally creepy. Creeping out on people. (laughs) Yeah, it's super nerdy shit. I have all those books, like The Art of, like Uh The Art of Toy Story Um, and all. They're so good. Are you into books? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm big into books. I have like a whole wall of them. What's some good books that you swear by? I I enjoy um, I have a nice Gustav Klimt book that I really like to Mm. look through Klimt is great and uh, I've got a few others of like uh, contemporary artists I have a lot of I have a few of Claire Wendling's sketchbooks and uh, Manu Arenas or Manu Arenas who works at Disney I think he has like this comic of uh 
One is Yaxin the Fawn, and I have that. And that's one of my favorites that'll, to look through. Yaks in the fawn? Yaxin, yeah, like Y A X I N. And it's in French. Well, the one I have is in French. But yeah. That's cool. I'm looking at the images. That's sexy stuff. So yeah, cool. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I was going to see if you also knew of. Um, um, Damn it, my brain just sucks today. Let me see. I'll find his name. Oh, Yoshitaka Amano. You like? Oh his yeah. yeah, yeah, I do like his work. He's he for me. He's proof that you can be a style machine, you know. Yeah. And make it. And make it. Yeah, because he is a style machine, and he's merged a lot of things and combined a lot of things. And I mean, Klimt is obviously a big inspiration for him. You can totally mm-hmm. tell it. You can see it in his work, but. He's combined like um, the dude that does all the uh, Metal Gear Solid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what the heck, man? I don't Brain. know that name. I know, um, like, I can't keep a name to save my life. <laughs> I should be better at it. I think I'm just kind of tired. Um, <laughs> my brain. I think because the weather's changing too, I'm gonna go into hibernation mode. It's quite, yeah. It's quite lazy weather today. Yeah, it's like overcast and chill. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he does, I think it's uh, Shinkawa, I think his name is. He does that really epic brush pen kind of style, like all the Metal Gear Solid. And yeah, I, yeah, I know that work. I don't know his name, but I know the work. But you can it's tell. Got, like, a folder of it in, in college. <laughs> yeah, super good stuff. But it's all that energy, like that really honest energy and stuff. When you approach doing your art, do you have an intention in your ha- in your mind, or do you kind of let the the random like building shapes and stuff because you start with like pencil or yeah i always i always tend to start with pencil um i'll have an idea of like the the object like say i want to draw a dragon you know i'll know i want to draw a dragon but i don't know like what kind of dragon Hmm. or what that's gonna so i'll probably like start off with a head and then i'll work from there Heads are always like the coolest thing, right? Because they have all the emotion. How about the yeah. eyes? Do you start with the, the eyes? eyes? Yeah. Yeah. For the, lately, though, all my eyes look like dead eyes. So. That's, you got to probably eat your breakfast then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat that vitamin that your mom's giving you. Watch suddenly, like, my art takes a turn. It's all everyone's br- going to be like, oh, Natalie's eating. Oh, yeah, there it is. You can see her. <laughs> you can see it in her. I'll mention it if I see it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. I think that's, I think having an intention and then going through there and processing like that thought and channeling that energy and stuff. I really admire artists that can just go like, hey, can you draw me like a fucking giraffe? And then they're like, they bust it out. For me, for me, I'd be like, oh, let me look at reference and think about it and, and put it through my mind. But I guess that's just muscle memory and stuff. Do you believe in the 10,000 hour rule? What's the 10,000-hour <laughs> Dude, you're getting educated. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> well, there's this saying, there's, there's a study and kind of a, a saying, I suppose, with mankind or just humans in general. Like, when we mm-hmm. co- become a master of something, it's usually because we spent 10,000 hours I see. at something. So, like, when Mozart really hit his, like, perfect s- symphony or whatever, mm-hmm. when he, he created some of the most iconic sounds that he created, it was, like... 
after about 10,000 hours of com- I see. complete. Like the Beatles, for example, too, like they played tons and tons and tons of, of live shows before they actually went out and became the Beatles uh-huh. as we know them today. Stuff like that. And I think for artists, too, it's like how many hours you spend a day and towards your craft and how that eventually leads to you being the person that you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally can be on board with that. Like, it definitely does take a lot of practice. Lots of time. Um, and lots of time, yeah. That's why, I mean, I don't I don't think I draw nearly enough. How, how many hours a day do you think you draw? Uh, embarrassingly low. Yeah? Yeah. The hell are I you really, doing? Huh? I said, what the hell are you doing? I know. What the hell am I doing? It's <laughs> a good question. Um, I might, I, I don't know. I might like recently, hardly at all. Um, recently I'm actually in a slump. Really? Mm. You just hitting like a, a bear, like a, a block or something? Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's mostly like stress just makes me feel really nervous about drawing at the moment. Mm. And this feeling of like, I keep drawing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. That happens to me a lot too. It sucks, right? Yeah. It's, it's an unfortunate, and usually like I will just, you know, draw myself out of it. Yeah. But But it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Lately it's like, I don't know. In general, I'm just like, I'll just lay in bed for a few more hours (laughs) and then maybe I'll be ready. It's because it's the end of Inktober. Oh, oh man, I lost that so quick. <laughs> what is the I deal really... with that? Everybody was drawing a bunch of stuff. Is it because is it that everybody should draw every day of October? Is that the deal? It's it's just like yeah, Jake Parker uh, did it two years ago, I think, or started it two years ago, and uh, and it just kind of caught on with everyone. Um, that you do one ink drawing a day for all of ink, all of Inktober, all of October. Yeah, I felt dumb saying it. I was like, Inktober, oh, I said it. <laughs> I know, yeah, you're one of us. Um, I think I lasted till the, the 17th or so. Oh, that's not that bad. And then I was like, and then my slump started and I was just not having it really. Um, How long do they usually last for you? I don't know. I don't think I've had one for a while, honestly. No. I've been pretty okay with things. Yeah, it's a bit. But yeah, it's it's hard to say from time to time. It just happens. I wish I was a machine and I could just like power through. But right. I I find that I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but when I find that I put myself into that because it's all self-propelled for me, it's like all self-imposed. Mm-hmm. It's usually because I'm like pushing myself too hard into expecting a certain outcome, and when I don't. It's almost like, like dirty dishes, you know. And <laughs> yeah. when I'm like on my shit, like there's no dirty dishes ever. But <laughs> maybe there's like two cups or something because I'm lingering. And then all of a sudden, like the the whole thing piles up. And then I'm so depressed by the idea that I've allowed that. Yeah. That it's like it's kind of hard to come out of it. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for the sun to shine and then like get through it and push through and stuff. But yeah. But I try not to wait for those things anymore. I don't know. Like I've been, there's a couple of books that have helped me out with a lot of this stuff. It's like with just being really on point with my process and stuff and mm-hmm. being really good with my time. Because I realize that the difference between a, a good person and a great person, uh, 
like as far as productivity is concerned is all about how they deal with their time because exactly yeah. the richest person and the poorest person all have the same currency which is time yeah we all have the same kind of thing and whatever that's subjective you know but i'm talking about like monetary things and stuff mm -hmm. but um but yeah i don't know but that's interesting that you bring that up because i think everybody is a creative we all kind of face those kind of tasks and these things you know these ordeals that kind of suck and just having to get through them and stuff but do you feel that it's self-imposed for you yeah i think it's it's myself like either i've psyched myself out or i've just gotten i get sort of like Ill, like irritated with myself i think when it comes to when i start in a slump and then like for instance right now i think it's because uh, I get mad at myself for drawing the same things over and over again. And it's it's stuff that I enjoy. Like, that's why I draw it. Like, if it's too many werewolves lately. <laughs> and I'm just like, Natalie, you gotta stop fucking drawing goddamn werewolves all the time. <laughs> why? No one wants to see werewolves all the damn time. Do you feel like you don't want to see them, or do you think that other people don't want to see them? I think other people will not want to see them. And then I get annoyed at myself for... Thinking that? Caring about what other people want to see. Yeah, because it's like your child so, self, you know? Yeah, it's like it's being petty and I'm being stupid. And, and then I just start chastising myself even more. And then and then I'm like, well, then what the hell should I fucking draw? Yeah. It's not going to be a werewolf. And then I'm, I'm just, I, I talk to myself far too much. And that's another bad thing that happens when, like, I go out into public. Yeah. And I'll be in, like, a parking lot and talking to myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about what the fuck ever is in my head and then i noticed someone was like getting out of their car or walking to their car and probably heard me sound like a lunatic and i'm just like oh yeah but they don't it's have like, the weird mind of an artist going on bad habit so. it's just just i just say such but it's always something that's like i'm chastising myself mm. out loud and so it just sounds nuts i think yeah 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 you maybe you keep it inside your head <laughs> yeah i should try at least <laughs> you ever go to therapy i've been i've gone to therapy i stopped going now because i'm doing well but um, <laughs> yeah but it's it's really amazing though like it i was kind of upset with myself for not going earlier in mm -hmm. my life it's it's expensive so like it's yeah hard. but it was amazing though like just being able to have somebody help me with they like, give me tools to things that I felt were impossible to achieve, you know? I see. It's it's really helped my mental, like, game. At least. I talked to, like, a, a counselor at my college when I was there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the same thing, because I don't remember anything from it or, like, okay. taking anything from it. Yeah. That really helped, um, clearly, as I'm <laughs> talking to myself, <laughs> being quite mean to myself in my head. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of being an artist, so it's like, and I wonder why and where that comes from, but like being self, was it deprecating? Like just Yeah, it is a, self -deprecation. I, it's a habit that a lot of artists I see or know have. Yeah, I have it pretty hard myself, and I think, I, I guess it all comes from different places, but I've noticed that my conversations with my friends and other artists in general, or even just on the podcast, we talk a, a bit about this stuff, is it it all kind of comes from a similar place. And I think it's usually because it's like, there's two selves that are fighting within the mm -hmm. creative person. Like so my analysis of it is that 
like the fun childlike self that got you into drawing in the first place just wants to draw and mm-hmm. right now you're infatuated with like wolves and then the adult self is like gotta pay the bills you know yeah. stop drawing the wolves you know like we gotta fucking t- it's time to get serious and Do stuff something fucking productive for once with yourself yeah yeah and it's uh it's a bitch because yeah i have that problem too so i'm just like drawing a bunch of the same kind of shit too and i'm like fuck like i should stop and i should start trying to draw other things and then i'm just like i don't, I don't want to like i just want to keep drawing because yeah. <laughs> it's fun for me and like it is yeah and why draw something that's not fun and then and then it's always like you get that person that doesn't know what you're up to and then they see it and they're like are you gonna do like color to that and you're like ah oh, fuck you don't <laughs> you don't fucking get it still not good enough <laughs> you don't get me mom yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you have the rebellious side yeah I like people who are like, is it done? Uh, <laughs> is it finished? That's like, a call. Oh, I too. guess not. <laughs> you motherfucker. Stalk back into my room and sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> that's do you? What do you think of? Um, because you're you're exposing your like art to the world. Do you find that you pay attention to people's comments? Do you avoid them? Do you? I avoid them. That's yeah. I, I, and it's not the, like, cause people say really nice things sure. for the most part. Like I rarely get someone who is being, you know, mean or rude. And if they are, I just ignore it. But it's just, even if people are admiring, if they are admiring my work and they leave a nice comment, it's, I appreciate it. It's just, I just don't have, I can't respond all the time. Or sure. I just also just don't want to think that like. In no way am I going to let it go to my head at all. Clearly, if I'm always just self-deprecating to my my work and thinking I can do better. Yeah. Um, it's always nice, and I always appreciate... I appreciate the fact that people look at my work. I still have no idea why or understand how I got to like this point at all. I think mere luck, honestly, but... Lots of drawing. Lots of drawing. Yeah. I guess people like werewolves because shit. Trying <laughs> <laughs> way too many of those, but yeah. But no, that's just nice like what you want to draw, you know? Like, yeah. Who knows? Maybe you'll have a dream and it'll spawn a narrative that you decide to commit to these wolves, and you can just kind of come up with a short story and draw <laughs> the wolves, and then before you know it, it's all that stuff actually did make sense, and it was a, there was a reason for you, you know, to do oh, that yeah. stuff. So. I've got so many friends who are pushing me to do like a graphic novel of some sort. What do you think of that? I love graphic novels, but I think I'm terrible at it. <laughs> like it's, stories, it's a whole other work. Yeah. It is. It's just, I don't think I'm cut out for it. I took a class in college with my, uh, my illustration teacher, George Pratt, who's, who's done quite a few comics himself. Um, like he's done Wolverine and stuff like that, I think. Yeah, I think I've heard of his name, George yeah. Pratt. Yeah. And uh and I don't know. I guess I tried, but I just don't think I'm I don't think my mind works well enough to to tell a story visually. Yeah, it's challenging. It's it is a, challenging. It's one thing to draw like a cool thing that you see in your head and it's another mm-hmm. thing it's another thing to like make a story that has tone and sensation and mood and value and, and to make it move so well 
from like panel to panel is something I really admire. Yeah. Like when, when it's done well and, and I see it and I'm just like, see, I could just not, I don't think I could ever like accomplish or achieve that. It takes a lot of practice, I think. It does, yeah. yeah. Really paying attention to like story and stuff. I'm a huge fan of like Frank Miller's early work. Um, yeah. He's got a really good way of telling story in a comic book form. It's just really wonderful. Have you read Year One? Have you checked out Batman Year One? I think I read it a while ago. Oh wait, is that a recent one? Uh, no, that's pretty old. It's it's got uh, David Mazzucchelli. I read the Mazzucchelli. one where Batman beats Superman. Which one is that? The Dark Knight Returns, I think. Yeah, that's what it I is. read yeah. that one. I think that was like the last one I read. That's a deep one. It's like got a lot of stuff going on in it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but his uh, it's filled with like it's word salad. It's filled with so much dialogue. <laughs> it's tons of dialogue. It's really heavy dialogue. But Batman Year One is the one that I'm really fascinated with right now. And mm-hmm. you'd probably like David's work, um, Mazzucchelli. M A Z. That sounds familiar. Yeah, he's. It's weird. Like I've watched, I looked at some of his work, and like Batman Year One is the style mm-hmm. is very kind of classic um with a spin i guess like his own style it's more simplified it's really beautiful but Mm -hmm. then i looked at his other work and it's it's crazy it's like kind of like abstract and cubistic and weird and just different it's crazy to see an artist completely flip Mm -hmm. their style like absolutely but it's it's a really it's a really good one but yeah yeah graphic novels a bitch you know i could probably see what you would maybe possibly do is like drawing these situations and maybe having somebody narrate or you writing out like each page has like a sentence that follows a story that's a narrative you know and so instead of like having sequential art it's like you have these instances Mm -hmm. you know like windows into a world yeah people do that I i think one of my favorites um when it comes to like comic or graphic novel is uh idle by Idol? Oh yeah, I-D-Y-L-L, I think. And it was done by Jeff Jeffrey Catherine Jones. Cool. You're showing and, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're learning stuff, too. Yeah, yeah Jeff Jones so is cool. one of my, my absolute uh, favorites when it comes to, like, fantasy art and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool. It's very, um, it's like Frazetta, but has a more style i guess more simplified yeah i think yeah and like it's about like a pregnant woman just like experiencing nature and walking around and having these like very existential thoughts yeah it's, i'm looking about the now. world around her and it's like it's like that's the sort of tone i would want to achieve if i were to ever do something yeah, it's like not so much story just kind of thinking sure you should that would be it then yeah way too much i get really tired of thinking do you think by drawing and making a book based off of these that energy would make you more crazy like drive you nuts it It might yeah Yeah. that's what happened that's not what happened but it's like that stupid character that started satin that i i draw from time to time Mm -hmm. it literally he literally came about as like a joke between me and my friend Chaz because people would misspell Satan as Satin sometimes. Oh, and I okay. thought that was the funniest thing to see the words hail Satin 
<laughs> and I said, Hail Satin, and I did it like on purpose in a text to her. And she goes, Our silky smooth dark lord. <laughs> and Perfect. that just there you had, go. Yeah, just get like and then I drew. And it's so funny how many people when I draw him and then post him and I go, you know, so and such and satin. And so many people correct me. <laughs> so, this is funny, but I think you meant Satan. <laughs> I'm just like, Fuckers. no, <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> but it's a funny, like, I, it's either pissing people off or I just think it's funny. After so long, some people just have not caught on that I'm doing it on purpose. Well, now they'll know. Just send, but, send them to the yeah. podcast. But here you go, bitches. Guys, figure it out. Come on. I've had <laughs> friends stick up for me because they're just like, no, she means satin. <laughs> the way it's meant to be said. Yeah. And it's really like I've just used it as a conduit as when I talk to myself. Um, that's essentially what satin ended up being. Is like when I get... Because he, he, he's got like a sassy, smart-ass remark to like if we're hanging out if i draw us hanging out because i draw myself and him chilling out it's chilling out always like doing something and it's usually just like either thoughts that go through my head if i'm out in public but i won't say it or things i'm thinking like saying to myself in my head and i've tried to use him as like a way to express these terrible thoughts sometimes that I think when I'm out in public. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. I mean, whatever you're, you get your muse from, you know, yeah. all, it all comes from somewhere. So, and it just depends on like what you pick up on and like how you deliver it, I guess. I always look at art as being like a communication really, you know, mm-hmm. it's a way of oh, communicating yeah. between yourself and others and depends on how like insular you are or how like, voiceless you are and how like there's there's guys like ashley wood or like um, oh, todd mcfarlane who are, are like really open with their ideas of exposing their style and mm-hmm. pushing their thoughts and stuff and yeah or um yeah like amano i think is really quite quite insular and quiet to himself mm-hmm. from what i've heard and understood but yeah yeah it's interesting that you have that perception and thought on trying to make a story or something because yeah it's challenging it's not easy yeah when people pull it off really well i'm like fuck I hate i'm you. amazed yeah all the time just like the fuck <laughs> there's so much good art out there now too and it's just uh it's really amazing and all oh, the- it's so daunting to me yeah <laughs> but there's always the demand i think for really good art though you know it's like oh, there's, yeah there's never i think that there can never be enough great art you know it's always there's always somebody making something really cool that inspires another idea or, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at, I always mention when I look at an artist that's rend- done a rendition of something uh, that I really love, it's as if I'm like finding a friend that I've always <laughs> known I've had, but I didn't, I wasn't aware that they existed, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like love, you know, like, oh, <laughs> like, uh, like love at first sight. It's like really romantic, but really great art like gives you a very kind of a glimpse of that that feeling is i think it's like oh wow like i've always loved you i just didn't know you existed you know yeah i always get that yeah i get that i know what you're talking about it's cool that's really when you find somebody's work that is wonderful and i think that's just a communication device you know yeah it's not about necessarily the tools in which you use or whatever it's like 
every time that you draw, it's like you have all those influences from the things that inspired you, whether it's Lion King or um, all these different animations or the art that you're into or just the mood that you're into. It's like communicating mm-hmm. that through the energy of it. But yeah, I approach this stuff in a very weird way, like hippie, hippie, science, <laughs> hippie science stuff. But oh, I like it. I'm all for hippie science. It's the real science, though, because it's, <laughs> it's proven to be completely abstract <laughs> and, and disillusional. So, but um, yeah, I don't know. But it's really cool. Um, I lost my train of thought. I think I had like, I know you probably have to get going, so wrap this up, but. All right, yeah. I've got not, not that much planned. Okay. Well, let's just talk all day then. All right, yeah. <laughs> I can skip out on the first party. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is enough conversation for a whole year. Yeah. <laughs> is there other, um, let's see, Are you? Do, what was your experience with um, art education? Because you mentioned that you had gone through college. Is that, did you have a good experience with it? And where did you go? And would you recommend it? college to other people i know that's a conversation that's probably a talk that people are a question that people ask often no yeah it's better i it's better to like talk like speak about it i get it written to me a lot and it's just so much to say yeah you can just send them this link and be like yeah like answers in there fast forward to like this part and you're all set it's i I liked going to college. Like I liked it. Do I like how much it costs? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I went to, I went to Ringling in Sarasota, Florida. Mm, Yeah. I've heard good things about that college. Yeah. It's a good college. Um, I loved all of my teachers. Most of my teachers, not all of my teachers. (laughs) Um, and I, but honestly, I think the best thing that came out of, going to college were the people that I met and the friends I made while I was there and knowing that they're out around me, like out there and those that are still doing work, artwork and, and whatnot, still trying to make it, it, it helps to like have these friends that we all went through, you know, this school together and we graduated and I like to, to, see what they're doing and how they're doing. I like to keep in contact with them. Yeah. It's, there's a familiarity and you don't feel alone. Yeah. It's like it's, connection. Yeah. It's a, and that's honestly my, my favorite thing that came from going to art school. Um, but, uh, I was probably a really late bloomer in college. Cause I remember during senior year, I guess I had finally made up my mind about how I wanted my work to look. Mm. And um, cause I didn't know what, what I was doing. And I had so many amazing people around me who were just like leagues and leagues ahead of me that it, it was, yeah. Right. I like those assholes. <laughs> hey, those people. <laughs> I do too. Um, we still keep in contact, <laughs> but it's, uh, it was, it, it was just a frustrating time too, because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Everyone seems to know what they're doing already sure, and is being amazing at it. And, uh, so I was just trying to, to, I guess mainly what I did was just draw from life, terribly draw from life. <laughs> everything looks look terrible. Is it I think, because you had a style that you were like 
going. It was like I had a style, style that I wanted to be mm. like, and I couldn't achieve it. Like, mm. I think I bit off more than I could chew with what I wanted to look like at the time. Sure. That can be depressing. It is very and i was upset for a good portion of college <laughs> and uh, i still am but you know it's not in college anymore um sure i i remember in senior year i guess i finally just figured it out that i was going to be simple about things and i started looking at jamie hewlett's work a lot and he his work really helped me my senior year in that whole idea of like what my illustrative style could look like yeah, I think I think his I think he really showed a lot of people that yeah he, you could just have your style you know yeah it and was okay it. to not like because all of my my classmates I think for the most part were very good at their own style but making it look realistic yeah so it was like Buckers. plausible right because like my my good friend um, Vanessa Del Rey was just has always been an amazing artist since I've known her because she came in sophomore year and we were in the same illustration class and I remember we had that whole like we had to put our work up on the wall to kind of show everyone you know where we were all at individually and the teacher you know to show her yeah and I saw her work and I just got so mad <laughs> yeah her work's great it's like and, Paul Pope yeah. kind of like Crazy. She makes me so angry. <laughs> but I was just like, this. that was my first class of the year and was with her. And I was already mad. And then I noticed I had like two other classes with her <laughs> that year. And I was like, this bitch. She's like, pushing you. I got to deal with her the rest of the year. <laughs> and we were outside on our painting class on break. And we were just like, she came and sat and we just we both smoked cigarettes. So we were both kind of just hanging out and started, she started talking to me and I was like, Oh, she's not a terrible person. Sure. Yeah. I can't hate her. She's awesome. And like, we hung out after that and, uh, we were roommates our, on senior year. And, um, and I, I always see her. I try to see her. I, I went and visited her in July, I think to just hang out. She on the East coast. Yeah, she's in Miami. Oh, okay. In Florida, yeah. Yeah, her work's amazing. It's really. She beautiful. still makes me angry. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like but I uh, love her work. Cool lines and energy and yeah, the sequential art's really fantastic too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's what I was surrounded by. That's good though. Like <laughs> it was artists like you. that. Yeah, it was artists like that that were just like they were that amazing already in college, and I was just like, oh crap. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really great, though, because you can see where you need, like, the level that you have to be competing against, you know? Yeah, it was like, I got to achieve that eventually, or try to, and I did, and, and it wasn't working out, though, the first three years, and then I realized, well, maybe I'm just not ever going to do what she does or what my other classmates do, and... And then it came. And then it came, and, and it was freaking hilarious to me that, like, my, one, I think it was one of my classmates, Matt Buck, who does tattooing in New York now. And um, he was like, shit, we were really worried about you for a while. <laughs> I was like, so you guys were worried, but you didn't say a damn thing <laughs> until like I finally figured it out. But I just, I laughed really hard at that. <laughs> yeah, but, they don't want to make it worse for you at the yeah. time that you're dealing with it. <laughs> The true friends. 
Yeah, it was nice to know that they were paying attention, though, that, like, they yeah, were, in fact, they, they were aware. Yeah, they were aware of my <laughs> terrible work. But no one said anything for three years. And you come about... I think that that's... Maybe there's something to be said there about, um, like, forcing things and, and self-deprecation, like, how damaging that could be to growth, you know? Like, I think... Yeah. I think it's really great to certain levels to, to humble you, to remind you that like you got a lot to learn. We all do. Yeah. But there's also moments like it always blows my mind when I see like shitty artists just killing it. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm not trying to say he's a shitty artist, but I don't think he's very good as David Cho. Like it's subjective art, you know? Yeah. But he's such a good salesman. Yeah. He's the most confident dude in the world, Mm -hmm. you know? Like he's, like I'm like I'm saying like there's hopefully there's not people being upset with me it's that's my own opinion yeah you know but um yeah he's one of those guys um I'll, I mean at the same time before he even got the Facebook millions of dollars like he was still selling out like shows oh right yeah he was crushing it he was a millionaire off of his art and that just reminds me that if you're just confident then you can crush it you know mm-hmm. or if you have like if you sign up with a really confident person that's publishing you and pushing you. Mm-hmm. And that like would make you even better, you know. So yeah, I don't know. I always look at there's a business to it too, you know, because part of it that the one part that really sucks is trying to like be consistent and pay the bills and be inspired and like forcing yourself to draw because you have to pay the bills. It's like becomes really exhausting, you know. Yeah, definitely. Just you know, exhausting is the right word to use for that. Yeah, and if you're trying to force all this stuff all the time, like it just becomes like. I don't know, this is kind of a shitty experience, but um, if you, I, I would just, sometimes I wish I had that, like, salesman approach, you know, like, damn, like, I'm the fucking jam, like, yeah. look at this shit, like, I could, I, have, yeah. I could never in my right mind charge somebody that much money for a piece of art, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I have friends that think the exact opposite, and it, it inspires me, you know, they use the Pablo Picasso thing, like, I bring up this story a lot, have you heard the story about the napkin drawing? I think so, yeah. He's like, it's a napkin. It took me... She's like, oh, it just took you like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, it took my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And the value of that is you're not just getting like the 30 seconds, but you're getting the culmination of my life's dedication to this thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. And the value of that, it's really interesting. But yeah, so yeah, there's so much to learn in what you think and applying it to. But yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, the psychology behind what it is to be an artist and really digging into what it means to be successful at what you do. And yeah, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, I keep trying to wonder like what, when I'm going to feel successful. Do you think like, you ever will? I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird concept, I think, to, I mean, it's a good, it's good if people think that they're being successful. That's always a good thing. Sure. But as like a person, yeah, but like personally, I don't know if I've felt successful yet Mm. or if that's going to happen for me. I don't know. Do you make goals and lists for yourself as to what those things are? Not at all. I have no plan. No plans? (laughs) Yeah, I really don't plan that much. Um, I try to like make day-to-day lists. That's good. You know, because God knows I need that. Put the meals in there, yeah. I guess, yeah, I should figure that one out eventually. Your mom's paying me to say these things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, meals are important. But I think I think having a list or being somewhat, um, 
I don't know. Sometimes I find that lists can bury ambition, though, too, so it's kind of hard. But for me, I set lists. I make lists the night before of the day, my productive day and the next day. And mm-hmm, yeah. Whether it's writing and working on client stuff or drawing the Lost Boy stuff, it's like there's always a list of something that needs to get done. And if I don't stick to it, I get, like, all pissed off at myself. <laughs> yeah. I suck. <laughs> Yeah, and I try to try to avoid that, but yeah, lists usually keep me out of like that issue. I don't know, or getting stuck in a rut, I suppose. But yeah, it can be that really lost, challenging. That Lost Boy stuff is looking really good, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. I'm having a lot of fun. Just good. I feel like a kid, you know. Yeah, no, those are the best projects. Those are, and I just get lost in them. I have like 500 of those drawings now. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these things. But <laughs> I'm having fun. So, and people seem to be like, this is cool. Like, right. just, I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'll just make a book of all these, <laughs> these sketches and that's it. And yeah. people can just have fun with that. So <laughs> like a box full of sketches. I need to do something with it. I have no, like, because I don't work digitally. Hmm. Hardly at all. I really just have piles of paper. That's why I work in digital because I'm like <laughs> a, I'm like a neat freak. I can't have all that shit all over the place. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surrounded by paper constantly. How about getting a flat file? We get one of those. I don't know where I put. It. I live with family right now. Okay. So it's like hard to to like think about buying something like that. Sure. Yeah. It would be amazing though. A flat file would be just. I've had friends who got them and I was so fucking jealous of them. I was looking at Craigslist for them. Um, oh, really? The other day. And yeah, I found them for like 150, <gasps> 150 bucks. Oh, shit. They're pretty cheap. And I think I saw some up in your area. So I might like, have to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was like, because um, I'm considering drawing like half of, like redrawing or taking the drawings and translating them. I think I emailed mm-hmm. you one and I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks for the inspiration because Oh yeah. Because I noticed that you're using the Pentel brush pen and that's what I was using too before I yeah. noticed that you were using it. I was like, ah oh, fuck yeah, this is cool and it's a good pen. It is, it's cool. I got the I got another one recently. Um it's like the Kurimaki or something. I can't remember the name of it. It's another epic Japanese Oh Kuritaki? Yeah Kuritaki, yeah. Yeah. I'm playing with that. It's pretty awesome too. But I feel like the Pentel just has a interesting way of like flowing the ink and stuff and oh yeah it's good um it's a good segue into like what i i use sure people will ask a lot about that they too. Do, sure. yeah <laughs> this will be your go-to you can be like ah, i don't know just listen to this thing fast forward to this yeah so there you go start figuring it out we'll have markers for people so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what are you looking for ends <laughs> please go to there you go um i use actually honestly that's it like I use this Pentel pocket brush yeah, and I'll use um, another Pentel color brush, but they're both black, obviously. Like well, the Pentel color brush is just bigger and a longer brush tip. Okay. And that's for like larger areas, et cetera. And, um, and I'll use Microns. I started using Microns recently. They're pretty rad. Yeah, they're, they're good. I, I'm not a big fan of like how I have to hold it. Yeah. Because I can't get a side, which I, I guess I should get used to anyway, because that's how I have to hold my machine at the shop. Yep. It's like straight ass. Yeah. Which, by the way, hurts after a while. I have like the weakest arms, apparently, <laughs> because I have to stretch the skin with my left hand. Yeah. Oh, you're right handed, huh? 
I'm right-handed, yeah. Ooh, no, I'm joking. Sorry, yeah. Oh, how dare you even? How shit. dare you even draw? What the fuck. <laughs> just so ashamed. Did right your parents now. tell you no? No. Right. <laughs> Teach you any better? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I found that like it's just terrible because when I was tattooing another person recently, I like my left hand is shaking. Mm. trying to like keep the the skin stretched and it's not it's just so, like i don't use my left hand ever yeah so now i have this like squishy ball that i've yeah. been like, <laughs> squeezing this entire like, the stress ball yes yeah, stress ball um i've just been squeezing it and trying to like work out um my left hand and not making my i'm just so weak it's, it's sad. dedication yeah dedication yeah you'll get there you just gotta rocky it up you know you gotta yeah, get gotta, the, in the morning, get the eggs going, get your oh stress ball. <sighs> I bought a bike recently. Oh, okay, there you go. Bike is, bike is <laughs> and good. it's just not being used because I went. Uh, <laughs> I try to go to the store if I like want a beer or whatever because it's so close. And I'll just say like, if I want a beer, I'll have to bike to get it. Good. But yeah. I also smoke a lot of cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been pretty harsh like a 15 minute bike ride and i come back and i have to lay on the floor <laughs> to catch my breath and yeah. it's just so sad and like my aunt's laughing at me <laughs> because i can't breathe and i'm just laying there in front of her that's not good but th- she thinks it's funny so someone got something out of it yeah i guess it's entertaining somewhat right as long as i'm entertaining channel. Yeah, every time I do something terrible. It was great when I had I had bronchitis and I couldn't speak for like a week. It was just squeaking. Oh, that sounds. If I tried at any level of, because I'm mostly a monotone. I don't know if you've noticed, but yeah, I haven't noticed. (laughs) So I would try to go like higher pitch, and nothing would come out. I'd try to go lower, and nothing would come out, and I was just squeaking at her. (laughs) <laughs> and she was just cracking up about <laughs> I had bronchitis and she was just cracking up about it <laughs> it's messed up it's, a it's fam- great it's, it's a family fun. love yeah <laughs> yeah yeah health is I don't know I've noticed how important it is for me um, yeah if I don't get like a physical activity I go kind of ape shit so like I have to do it or I go like I really I literally get upset I get oh. upset with myself and it's just a bad it's a bad it's a bad thing. Bad thing yeah. happens. I I used to be on like a PT team in high school. What's that? Is like a physical training thing because I was really into um, ROTC. That's a military thing, right? Yeah, and uh, nerd. To, I know, right? We would yeah. call those guys nerds at school. Those yeah, military they're, they're nerds. Weird, they were weird people. <laughs> I was a part of them, and I can even tell you how freaking weird they were. Uh, we had a Marine Corps ROTC, so we were pretty hardcore. Where was this at? This was in Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, my dad was in the Navy, but oh, okay. he only spent like four years, and then he, he got all of his training, and now he does engineering from that. Hmm. But um, I was really thinking about joining the military when I was like 15 or 14. Okay. Really young and dumb. Thanks <laughs> to everybody in the military, it's great. Like <laughs> doing amazing things because I will. I could never do it. Um, and uh, and I had told my dad when I was young, and he was just like, he just nodded at me and 
And my dad hated being in the military. And then, like, after college, I had told him, I was like, you know, I was extremely, like, serious about um, joining the military. And he was like, he got, his eyes just got so big. <laughs> and he was like. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, you would have never, I wouldn't have let it happen. Like, <laughs> which is such a weird like he, my dad let me do art, but he would have never let me join the military. So <laughs> I thought that was a funny. Must have really hated it then. He, yeah, he just didn't like. And even I, after like my f- second year, it was like in the middle of the second year, and I was just like being yelled at by, you know, our our yelling, yelling person. Yeah, a yelling person <laughs> who was higher ranked, who was also our teacher, but had been in the military for so long. And I was just being yelled at, and I was like, why do <laughs> I, like, why am I letting this guy <laughs> yell at me? Because um, cool. Yeah, right? It was so cool. I got to march with people, <laughs> and I knew how to do I still do it from, like, I still notice when I, if I turn corners, oh, and I'll no. turn on my, not on my heel, but on, like, the ball of my foot. That's <laughs> it. And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm still doing this. You'll never outlive it. It's ingrained in my head from when I was young. That's but, how committed um, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to do the, I forget what it's even called now. They did a, it was like a gun, gun rifle flipping. Oh yeah, the flippy gun thing. The flippy gun thing. <laughs> that's what I that. call it. <laughs> yeah, we used to do that with sure that's what it's called. rifles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Flippy gun thing. Flippy gun that's thing. It. It's a Marine Corps thing. FGT, baby. Yeah. But we used to use, like, because a lot of the surrounding ROTCs and schools would use facsimile rifles that were plastic, but we used actual, like, 11-pound rifles that were just, like, out of commission. You couldn't load them, et cetera. And and I was even on the shooting team. Dang. That's kind of cool, though. That was, like, pellet guns, like airsoft. Ah. <laughs> I still know how to go to a prone position though. There you go. So good. These are all skills that you all can skills. <laughs> use in real life. And, yeah. then, and and now if they could only see you falling down after five minutes of riding a bike. Riding a bike. <laughs> hand shaking from keeping skin. <laughs> no, so. tattooing is uh it's like a very you have to have very strong hands. Because yeah. it's, it's the machine is constantly wanting to fall out of your hand. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to, like, fight it by keeping it yeah. in one, like, continuous place. So Great it's... Line, yeah. And you have to... It's hard to, like, I can't rest it on the back of my hand. Yeah. It's just, like, it's so long, the tubing. And, um... <laughs> the tubing. <laughs> no, I almost laugh every time I have to say, I gotta go clean my tubes. that's one thing though i really enjoy about um tattoo culture and environment though um is it it was really fitting for me because i wasn't kind of like i was never a nine to five kind of guy i've Mm -hmm. I've had maybe like 25 different jobs in my life and now i'm sticking with what i have now thankfully but i hated working like at places and but the tattoo shop environment was always fun. There'd always be like some crazy ass music being blasted. Yeah. And like fools just saying the stupidest shit and yeah. everybody laughing. There are there is also like the super douchebaggery kind of shit that happens though that I try to avoid. But um 
there's some really great shops. My friend Dave's shop down here is fucking awesome because he's always like blasting like either old school East Coast hip hop or like disco <laughs> or like electronica, <laughs> and he's like always singing around and dancing and shit. Like it's just really fun. It's like we've, got, f- we've always got a good list. Like Graham, my mentor, always has his iPod on, and we usually have a good amount of like rock, folk rock, really old like '30s jazz. And, like, the, it, it makes the ambiance of, like, the tattoo shop very nice, I think, when it's, especially when it's, like, old 30s and 20s jazz. Yeah. yeah it just makes, because like, it's been around, like, tattooing's been around as long as that. Sure. It makes you feel like, oh, you're part of something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you have, like, the electronic a dubstep. <laughs> like yeah, every... <laughs> then it gets to, like, some rock, some contemporary rock and, and crazy shit and all this <laughs> <laughs> music has come so far there's that um nick swordsman i think he has a, a comic bit about how he was saying how different the music that he listens to now in comparison to his grandma yeah like she, do you ever hear that bit yeah it's a funny ass bit it's like, it's like oh, oh. Put the record on yeah <laughs> his, his music's all bitch bitch like it's like and then we're gonna listen to that when we're really old yeah seriously. and our kids are gonna hear like I don't even know. Some terrible shit come out. This is going to be like beep, 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 beep. That's like the music. It's going to be like, a, it's going to be a computer that just makes computer like beeps. Sounds, yeah. Like, this I mean, is, that's this what is my dubstep shit. is, right? I think that's dubstep what? is the modern equivalent to the hardcore scene, to be completely honest. That's my uh-huh. assessment of it. Because it is. It's fairly similar to hardcore breakdowns, like the build up to the to the drop and everything. Yeah. It's like that's what it is. Uh, we listen to it a lot when we do jujitsu and stuff, and so, oh. like, and and part of me like um, when when dubstep before it even got big in the states, I was really into it because I was oh this is cool. Like nobody listens to it. It's got a, like there's some really fun stuff going on, and uh-huh. I like I love energy and music, and so. Uh-huh. But now it seems like it's like Celine Dion's doing dubstep. It's like what the fuck, man. <laughs> oh right, no, I've seen so many like remixes of. Like songs that just should not be dubstep. Yeah, if and I had I got, a penny, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just I got really upset when my pan like I was listening to a Pandora station and they were just like every other song was like a remix <laughs> dubstep. Of, yeah, a dubstep version, and I was like, why? Because uh, it wasn't even like I was listening to any sort of techno station. Mm. It was relatively like calm music, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I would get like dubstep in my head and and i'd freak out because i was not expecting that <laughs> do you listen to music a lot when you're drawing and creating yeah that's about all i i try to do yeah same uh, i've been doing a lot of audiobooks lately i've been hooked on this one uh our this podcast by this guy uh let me see he does it's called hardcore history because mm-hmm. i was thinking about going back to college just to take a history class just because mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fucking cool. Yeah, uh, it's Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It's a podcast. It's fucking rad. But I listen to a lot of audiobooks lately, too. But as far as music, what are you into when you listen to when you draw? Um, a lot. A you better lot. not fucking say Avril Lavigne. <laughs> you fucker. Not, not anymore, yeah. I'm just, this conversation's over. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this never existed. Yeah. No, no I was not. I mean, I think I was into Skater Boy when it came out, but that was it. 
I can't I'm believe sorry. it. No, I'm just joking. I, <laughs> a bunch of my friends, like guy friends, were into it. And I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> and then she married Chad Kroger, and that just threw me off. Who's that? The guy from Nickelback. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know them. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're fucking really awesome, amazing people, and they have a lot of fun together. That's fucking cool. That's, yeah, that's great. I, just, I still just laugh my ass off, though, when I found out that happened. I was like, what are the odds? Anything involving Nickelback, it makes me, like, laugh inside, like, a kitty kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you know how, like, they got their name? A friend of mine told me this story, like, how why they're called Nickelback. Oh my god! This is like some of the gayest shit like ever. Like they, they one of the guys. I guess this is what I heard though. He would go to Starbucks, and he would he would always order like this creamy frappy super orange mocha frappuccino or whatever. I don't I don't I don't subscribe to coffee or I don't like Starbucks. So and so it's always it's like it's like watching the weirdest cult that occurs. So anyways, he goes there and he orders this fr- fancy thing and he gives him like he always has like five dollars or something and he always gets a nickel back. Oh God! I'm come serious. On. I'm so fucking kidding. I'm not kidding. So that's that's how they got their name. So like I saw a vine of someone making that joke where it was like how Nickelback got their name. And oh, I, like, I got a Nickelback. <gasps> that would make a great band name. And I thought it was a joke, but I thought it was a really funny joke. But now, I know that's yeah, true. that's what my friend said. That really is into, into like learning about all these things. And so I'm like, oh, no yeah. fucking way. What's the song that they made? They made like, uh, I, I'm going to get it stuck in all of our heads. I'm going to sing it if I can remember it. I keep it's thinking probably. of a Stain song. It's been a oh, while, right. but yeah, that's like around the same time. Same, Almost the same voice. <laughs> I listened to one. Well, I think there was one of, it was the hero song from the Spider-Man. Oh, you! What the hell? Uh, I I I know that song, but I can't think of the melody. I can't either, but I just know that I was really like I liked it a lot. I like the music video. I think. Oh man, you're admitting it. This is gonna live on in infinity on the internet forever and ever. It's It's a testament just how much I don't care. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I mean, you shouldn't really. If something's fun, there's a reason why that stuff is popular, so it makes sense. But it's just like, yeah. I get yeah. upset with music like that, though. I just like, fuck, man, what the hell? Like, why well, is this I, out yeah, there? Yeah, <laughs> I hate when there's a song that, like, the lyrics technically are terrible, mm. but you still love it. Oh like, yeah, that's dubstep though. Like well, yeah. that's it's like Adele like Adele remix. You're like, all right, okay, like it's intense. All right, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I just I like what's the one song? Like I liked that uh, rude song. That's kind of like a what's the what's the genre? They're like ska. Okay. Like a ska sounding song. Sure. And it's just, it's it's a catchy song, but I think it's so stupid, especially with the fact that the the, the song is essentially singing to her his girlfriend's father. Oh, I've heard, okay, yeah, because I, yeah. I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I'm subjected to the, to the gayest radio. shit, man. And I'm like, <laughs> in the car, like, I'm super furious. <laughs> yeah, and I think that my wife is like, yeah, this song's about a guy who's like singing it to his dad, and 
It's yeah. just so weird, though, yeah. like the, the concept of the song. But I, I find myself singing. If it's on the radio, I'll be like, oh, I got to be so rude. Yeah, why you yeah. got to be so rude? <laughs> I got to be so rude. No, it's just, they, I think they played it for me and stuff. So, yeah, but I'm always exposed to all that kind of stuff, too. But I try to keep my, I don't know, the stuff that I listen to is weird. I listen to a lot of Boards of Canada and like abstract, weird sound, sonic space kind of stuff. Oh, I see, yeah. But the other day, I was like, I was like, I need to fucking get some work done. Like, I need to get eight hours of work done in two hours. And so I, I put on I, dubstep. No, I put on Prodigy, <laughs> Fat of the Land. <laughs> oh, just randomly, and I was like, just I went back to like old school, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is working. <laughs> this is like an album that I grew up with that was kind of fun and crazy and like silly and I don't know, and it did the job. So, yeah. <laughs> recently i listened to um it's this band called 21 pilots never heard of it so and they're they're contemporary they're like they're new like 21 they have, pilots. yeah and it's a really weird mix of it's like two guys mm-hmm. and one plays the drum one plays the piano oh, that's interesting and the one playing the piano is essentially like rapping hmm. so it's an interesting like mix of just things you're not really expecting and the lyrics in their songs i i expect this is like the kind of band that's extremely popular with the like high schoolers uh-huh. who are going through that very like angry phase in their life oh, okay yeah we're just like and it's 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 got a lot of a lot of the songs have to do with like dealing with depression and stuff like that oh, okay so like, I don't know, maybe there I'm just still a teenager. <laughs> yeah. all, it's for those teenagers, but I listen to it. But I listen it's to about it. depression. <laughs> I listen to it. Yeah, I know. Um, that, that was Rage Against the Machine for me growing up in high school. That was I like a lot of Static X in high school. Static X, or it was like yeah. Black Flag, uh, AFI, all that. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> I even started like listening to Fallout Boy again, which is nowhere near like those bands, but it was <laughs> it was my high school. Like that's what was playing in high school for me. It's funny when you go back to those. For me, it's like it takes you back to that window of like who is your friend and what were you into. Yeah, and it it's like instant reminder. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, get the shit out of here. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm beyond that now. At least that's what I tell myself. So. <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to believe it if I keep listening to this music. Oh, my God. That's true. That's why I constantly try to evolve my um, listening vocabulary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always trying to. Either I'm going like with a lot of contemporary music or I try to go back. Like, I recently went back and started listening to the Cranberries again. Ah, that's great. It was funny that I was just thinking about one of their songs the other day. (laughs) I remember, like, hearing them when I was in Mexico visiting family. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it was a tape. It was, like, I had a tape player, like a portable tape player. Walkman, baby. A Walkman. Yeah. (laughs) I used to have a Walkman still in middle school when everybody else had disc disc players. What do you call them? Yeah, like... um, yeah what is that it's like a portable portable cd, CD device gosh it wasn't that long ago it wasn't yeah so i try to explain this stuff to my daughter she's like what like you didn't have this like no no yeah even in middle school i was still playing the radio and then recording Damn, on tapes and making uh mixtapes for myself that's dope 
school. Because <laughs> my parents wouldn't buy me a disc player. That, that's old school, though. That's uh, that's that's like where hip hop came from, and like not it came from, but like that was a big part of it. That was like part yeah. of the culture, you know. Just like making your own mixtape, listening to the radio, and then recording it. And now, because I can't get like a hookup for my iPod or what have you into my car, I still make mix CDs <laughs> to play while I drive. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. Now I have it like it's all like Bluetooth and shit. Yeah, that's Fancy. what all my friends have. I'm always, I'm like my dad, I'm just in the tail end of technology until I die, <laughs> probably. We just got smartphones like two years ago or so. Oh, yeah? You have, so, a, you have so, an iPhone now? Yeah, I have an iPhone now. Pretty sick, huh? Yeah, it's it's a... I'm a zombie. Because <laughs> of it, yeah. Yeah, it's an addictive device. It's so good that it's... So bad. It's so good that it's so bad, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like Apple products. I guess I'm more, I guess, a fanboy of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think it's I red. I was surprised that my dad, it was my dad's idea to get iPhones. Oh, yeah. And my dad hates Apple. Oh, yeah. And has always <laughs> been a PC user. Oh, and okay, yeah. He's an engineer and he used to like build PCs for his friends back in the 90s. Sure, yeah. And, uh, and then like I got a Mac when I started college. <laughs> my father just liked to call me a fruit after that. <laughs> and then he still does. They're he's so good, iPhone, though. They're so yeah, good. They're, yeah. they're great. I love um, Apple for creative reasons. I think they're, I mean, I've had both. And for my experience, like, yeah, it makes sense if you're wanting to yeah. build things. Like, of course. But the thing I love about Apple products is like, Hey, this thing's fucking badass. You don't need to do anything. Why don't you just yeah. spend, why don't you spend all the time and energy just doing badass shit rather than yeah. trying to like make this better? You know, to me, it's it it appeals. It's just different types of mindsets of users, you know. But if he has yeah. an iPhone now, then you can throw the fruit thing right back in his right face, <laughs> right in your face, fruit guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love him. I've I've had that funny debate with a lot of people that are like fucking beer is just better it's like tribalism it's like dude come on get out of here with that stuff you know come it's on, like yeah, come on, no. it's not, we're no, all consuming yeah. at the same yeah. rate okay like <laughs> your consumption style is not just like better than mine so stop it so yeah that's always the funniest when people get like it's either that like xbox or ps4 I'm like who cares we're yeah. all still doing the same thing yeah we're sitting here consuming that's what it is you know like <laughs> yeah I, I i find it funny too because this our world is so based around like consumption you know especially in america and just in general and it's funny when people take like sides with things that it always, yeah it always cracks me up like it always makes me laugh because of just i don't know how silly it is to think that one thing is better than the other necessarily when it's purely based off of opinion, you know? Yeah. And society just instilling and, and advertising it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like this thing is cool. Cause it's got like for what they want you to believe. <laughs> yeah. 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 This very fight club inspired conversation. You're not your fucking khakis or whatever he says. It's like, That's a good, yeah. <laughs> Try to think about it from time to time. Yeah. You're into movies as well. Oh, wait, so much, yeah. Music and movies are quite a big part. What movie uh, have you seen recently that you're really into? I meant to ask you, have you seen Under the Skin? Have I seen what? Under the Skin, the film. No. You should check it out, because what you're talking about with uh, the I-D-Y-L-L, the comic, Uh Idol, um, there's kind of what you were talking about, 
I think you would like that. Oh, yeah, it's, I'm pretty into, like, the existential. Oh, then you'll really like it, then. Because yeah. there's that, and then have you seen uh, Gyllenhaal's Enemy? Have you seen that Enemy movie? No. You no. should check that out, too. That's interesting. Is it's, that a recent one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, like, a year behind when it comes to films. How dare you. I don't go out to see them anymore. Me neither. It was part of what I do, though, so I have to kind of keep yeah. up on it. But um, the, those two movies were pretty cool. I also really enjoyed her. You seen her? Her yet? was her was her was. Yeah, I have an opinion on that. Maybe. Yeah, what's, I, what's it, your opinion? It, no, it on like it honestly annoyed the hell out of me. It yeah. was such a like crybaby. <laughs> like I like movies the often idea are though. Of it. Yeah, but I like the whole idea of it, and I was just it just got really weird to me. Like the whole, I don't know, like. Say it. Wait, what am I trying to think? Um, <laughs> spoiler alert here. Or yeah, if you haven't when it watched got, her, like, then... Get, like, it got sexual, and I was like, this is just not what I was expecting at all Maybe from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no problem with you know sex or whatever being a topic, but from what I was just assuming of that movie, I wasn't expecting it to go in that direction, and it kind of just threw me off. For sure. the rest of the movie. And I wasn't a big fan of how women were being portrayed in general. Yeah. In the film. Like the first girl that he's in, he's, he encounters and goes on a date with. Like she just freaking flipped a switch. Like, <laughs> that's just not. I don't know. It kind of made me feel like it was um, like the director. Who was it again? Uh, Spike Jones. I was like it just seemed like he was crying about i guess his divorce or whatever yeah well that's like, what it was just like yeah. villain i villain, making women like the women abandoned him or whatever you guys are like, all evil so yeah <laughs> like just bitches all of them have I'm you like, seen gone girl yet no but i really want to well it's written by a woman you're gonna have a fun ride with that one because yeah. it has the same problem so yeah okay. <laughs> yeah it's uh no, I, I I think that you're hitting it perfectly on the head because I think what was it Lost in Translation was one of his last ones too. Lost and in Translation was his wife's. That's right. There's another film that I think he did. There, I think they're the films that he makes are kind of their personal journals, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, and I appreciate that because it's like that person. Even if you don't like it, it's his own voice or her yeah. voice, and you're getting like a raw look. I mean, it was the, it was beautifully done, like visually most films are but they're bag of shit yeah know, right I just, <laughs> <laughs> but i i enjoyed you know the color palettes and the fucking cinematography yeah yeah <laughs> all that artsy nice. shit but yeah i i just had a little bit of an issue with the characters in general that's good though is you should there's a store there's a show called um black mirror have you heard of black mirror no. I talk about it a lot on the podcast, so I apologize to people that keep hearing me talk about this shit because <laughs> I love this shit. Like, I'm a big fan of Utopia too. It's another. It's oh, I started watching that. That was fucking cool. badass. Yeah. But you should check out Black Mirror. There's six episodes now. It's it's from the same channel in the UK. Okay. And I, and I love it because like they get away with like shit in America's TV I know. is so I, dog shit. It's like I what know. the hell? Not all of it. There's some really amazing shit, but. Um, for the most part yeah we get we were lucky we get like Breaking Bad and stuff like that which is fucking phenomenal and those kind of things but I couldn't believe Hannibal was on NBC like 
Oh yeah, I've heard good things about it, but I haven't watched it. So I'm just amazed that NBC was like, "Yeah, we're okay with this." Sure. Well, it's. I think it's just a sign of a change. You know, like oh, they're realizing that we can't keep pushing this shit out. You know, like at least that's Sick what life. I th- would like to hope to think. I guess. Right. But, that's what we all want to think. Yeah. <laughs> but I just speaking of, I just rewatched um, Silence of the Lambs the other day with my wife, and I was like, man. It's, such a fun crazy story it is yeah it's they would never allow like the main character in a film to get like jizzed on you know (laughs) it's like oh my god i forgot that scene completely like what's the the fun it's a beautiful time yeah it was like i was like this is fucking ridiculous you know and it's a jodie foster when she was like fucking killing it and just that was a lot of fun that was a crazy ass film too it, one of those films that for me it always I love those kind of films that leave you like don't tell you like to, they don't necessarily go like this is bad and this is good it, it did but it, at the same time it allowed you to have a viewpoint into another world like Michael Mann does that really well I think mm-hmm. his stories but um yeah that was yeah I enjoyed that that was cool but sorry I asked you about films and I'm all like nah have you seen that blah 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 <laughs> but you should check those films out Under the Skin oh yeah Under the Skin and Enemy so okay. yeah I think uh, let me know what you think because I'm curious because I've, t- I've told a lot of people about them I've watched both of those films three times now each which is oh, a lot wow. of fun so I'm studying them because I find them to be I don't know within the realm of something that I'm working on writing and stuff so oh okay yeah that's good research yeah. Yes, curious as to see like how these directors, um, how they even make the films because they're not like an Avengers or some shit, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not like yeah, the next Star yeah. Wars, which is a little bit, I think, easier to get sold than like a totally artsy, existential, weird experience, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I think uh, it's recently. I don't know what the hell I. Recently, I've just been watching horror movies, so there's, there's really no... Just, like, going back and rewatching horror movies as you run out so quickly. Decent ones. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, like, movies I really enjoy, I watched... I rewatched Seven, which is also, like, a thriller horror, but that's mm-hmm. one movie I really like. Such a stylized world. Yeah. The noir. That's Fincher, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Davis yeah. Fincher, and I think He's... Darius Kanji, who did the... He was a DOP on um, City of Lost Children, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, City of Lost Children? That's what it's called. Or... Isn't that the French movie? Yes, it has. Oh, I the... love that movie. Yeah, I was watching it last night, and I was like, who the hell did the DOP on this? Oh, yeah, it's Darius Kanji. Cool. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, it's really stylized. I, I think he did Seven like right after that, so you can kind of you can feel it in the colors and stuff and the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's a movie I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Just sounds weird saying, but... Um... What seven? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I th- a lot of people love that movie. Yeah, I think it gives you a perspective of a really odd situation, and ethically and morally, yeah, you're just like yes. he has a point <laughs> in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can agree with it, but it's a terrible thing to agree with. I think, a- yeah, I think it's because we all it allows you to be relatable with the darkest part of your own self. I think you know. Yeah, and deep down, I think Fincher knows that. I'm knows. a big fan of doing that. It's just, it's one of my favorite, I don't know, like being okay with like what you're capable of. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I get I'm well, up way too late and think about these things. So I'm like, we're all animals still. Yeah, you know? it's and like a thing that I'm extremely okay with the fact that like, you start driving or or you're out and you're like. I, I talked about it with a friend that I had met with the first time, an artist, uh, T-Way. Uh, he's from New Zealand and he was visiting. And it was such a weird first, like, conversation to have. I was questioning it afterwards. But I was like, you know how, like, simple it is to just, you're standing at the stoplight, you know, to, to cross <laughs> to cross the street and it's like you could just push the person <laughs> sure but you next decide to you not to. and you decide not to but it's like it's such a uh, so many like moments like that where i'm always just thinking about what you're capable of yet there's just that voice in your head that's like no that's wrong you shouldn't yeah you're gonna uh, like hurt a lot more people than you know just that one person like there's uh repercussions bigger repercussions yeah you stop yourself but you know you just you can you could it's the thought that's there it's the thought that's there yeah but also like being aware of it um to the point where um yeah it's even like when you're driving on the road like you could decide to go you know what, fuck it yeah, Today, i'm gonna go on the opposite side steer yeah, yeah just yeah. veer off yeah it's a pretty it's a. my mom mentioned that to me one time and it always stuck with me she yeah. also said like my mom was really interesting. She'd be like, you know, it must be so interesting to be like homeless because you can just kind of go about your life doing whatever you want. You know, it is. Yeah, I, I'm very curious about the way of like the having hom- to, to homeless live that way. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of homeless people that live like behind the shop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And to be to live without, I guess, on the grid but off the grid in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. I don't know. Though for me, it's just. Um, I mean, I'm already way too stuck in the situation of living the life that I have, but mm-hmm. I always find it to be really interesting too, because like, what if, you know, and why not? And, yeah, <laughs> but it's all just decisions and, and, and it's what you do with the time that you have here and what you, what you find to be, I, I, I love hot showers. I like, love being <laughs> in my like nice, comfortable bed. Yeah. And that's to sleep the one and, thing that gets me. It's like no showers. Oof. Yeah. I stink and I don't want to deal with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also like, I love like eating fresh food and stuff. So, <laughs> so but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just judging. I don't know what it's like to be homeless so i have no fucking real i have any no real clue about outside of you know the stuff i've seen on mainstream television which is a horrible thing to say that i have any kind of understanding of what it is so mm-hmm. but um yeah, yeah. No it's just the nomadic lifestyle is really interesting you know, yeah i like the idea that, that like at this point i think i can pack just about everything i own into my car that's cool i like that idea i remember that the that stage in my life i remember like my wife would always make jokes because before we were together um i just had a futon and a sleeping bag <laughs> <laughs> now i own a house and cars and fucking oh, run a business so it's like <laughs> surreal <laughs> it is it's funny it was and part of me has that romantic like thought of like man i miss how simple life was then because i could yeah. just lay around and be you know oh, i'm just gonna chill out today and stuff but yeah i don't know i fill my my mind space with so many different other things that keep me busy and but it, it becomes a mirage one of my favorite films i bring it up a lot with my friends is, is the labyrinth it's a film that i grew up with and it's oh yeah it's such a fun film it it's is. just a nostalgic film for me and 
I love that one scene where she's out in the the dump and she finds her room again, like underneath mm-hmm. all the trash, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, like so fucking pumped, like oh Toby's here and like <laughs> girl, my toys and my makeup." And then she's like, "This shit's fucking fake," and it all starts yeah. falling through. Part of me sometimes thinks that you know the fabric of the life that I live, which is somewhat superficial and like a, it's it's then of a as a bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, could all come down, you know? So I, just, I don't know. But yeah, I have a weird ass thoughts all the time. <laughs> yeah, I it's, think everybody does. I don't doubt it at all. I think it's if you just, don't, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm, I don't think about. I'm, I mean, I've had plenty of times where I have uh, weirded a friend out or so when I'm just like, like once I went to a, a, a fine art exhibition with my friend Tuna and, uh, I feel like I'm name dropping a lot, but I'm really just hoping people no, will look so. for art, the artists that yeah, I know. Please do. Let's spread the word. You've but, mentioned uh, so many really awesome artists. So I'm not like in any way like, yo, hang out with this person. But like my friend Tuna Bora, who's an amazing artist, and you all should look her up as well. Uh, we went to a fine art exhibition downtown, and I forget. It was like something Kelly. It was it like the Mocha. Game? I don't know. I can look it up. Something I Kelly. Something Kelly. Gary Kelly. It's a weird first name. Gary Kelly. Um, Harry Carey. I'm going to look it up. Uh, but not Harry Carey. Not Gary Kelly. Kelly Gary? No. I know it's Kelly. Something. Let's see. I know he passed away. Um, Mike Gary. Kelly. Mike Kelly. Yeah, Mike Kelly okay. was the artist that we were looking at. And um, and it felt weird that, like, um, fine art to me is always very odd. Yeah, it's incredibly um, odd. But for some reason, when I when she had told me, yeah, she for some reason she had told me that um, he had committed suicide mm. after so many years, like when in his 50s. And he had a very large, like, resume of work. And it was all amazing. And I felt kind of bad, though, that, like, I suddenly took it more seriously after I learned how he he died. Sure. That's really But I felt though. like it, it, it had an impact on, like, you know, how serious he was about his work, in my opinion. Like, totally. And, and so it was, like, it was, and it, we were just going through all of it and at one point i don't know why i asked her we were just like at the end and i was like you ever thought about just killing a person <laughs> and she was just like that's sketchy i can't say that i have natalie i was like oh okay but it was just like like do you do i know this person you know at all and i was like no it's just some person and it's not with like any sort of weapon. It's just like with your bare hands. Or Whoa, whatever. that's heavy duty. And I was just like, I don't know if you could with your tattoo hand. So yeah, I'm so weak. Yeah, so that's why it makes it seem like kind of funny. Okay, for me to talk about. Yeah, clearly, Natalie could never accomplish this. <laughs> my, my weak doll hands or whatever. Inferior arm strength. Yes. That's what I say to my wife because it's like yeah. Inferior women in their like inferior arm strength i think i think i think dwight Schrute from the office said some shit like that and it was always yeah. like a funny joke inferior yeah inferior arm strength or something i think it was like inferior intellect too at one point that's messed up dwight i Fuck, know fucking bigot <laughs> bastard 
Love that show. Nazi because <laughs> <laughs> that's everyone true. alludes to it. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I asked her that and, and she was like, no. And I was like, okay. But yeah, I just, I start strangling her. Like, I just get curious about like things that do run through people's minds. Sure. Yeah, really weird. I have, a, I have a real messed up thing that I do when I see a real fat person. It's the weirdest, horrible thing. I don't know why, but I always go like, I bet their butt stinks. I'm like, I wonder what their butt smells like. <laughs> yeah, and it's That's like, amazing. It's You're going to do it now. So, And everybody listening, too, you're fucked. <laughs> and I tell my wife, too, and she's just like, dude, are you serious? Like, Why would you think that? But they have butts, too, and... If they have a really big butt, it's hard to wipe their butt. I'm talking about oh, I'm not yeah. I'm talking about like really obese people, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. dude, that must be the stinkiest butt ever. Oh, yeah. So. And here I am talking about have you ever thought about killing a person? I'm like, there's something fucking wrong with you. <laughs> no, whatever. You're you're talking about ending people's life. I'm just looking at people's butts. So oh my <laughs> <laughs> yeah because people it's funny we just we throw these things called clothes on and we act like it's like everything's okay but when you see i'm like when you see a really fat person you're like this is just not happening like this is this is like you know this is crazy you know throw clothes on <laughs> it's true though it's like this weird thing that we're like you know like you have boobs under there and you know like we have all this stuff and but we're just no, gonna put the clothing o- clothing over and we're okay yeah it's really weird in america like if somebody shows a nipple or a boob like people like shit themselves but we can yeah. like we can show murdering and killing and stuff it's exactly. like it's really yeah. fucked i remember when i did that ghost in the shell thing and i got like banned off of facebook because um the main image that i used was her standing frontally towards us her vagina or nothing was showing but it was just her breast and i was like dude it's fucking beautiful it's a female form like get the fuck out of here and it was lit like you know it's like it looks like a film and so uh yeah i got banned like twice meanwhile i look on the thread it's like you know 400 billion serbians killed in a fucking bomb thing i'm like they're showing fucking heads all open like what the hell you know but so i'm just i always make a joke like in america like it's worse to give somebody a boner than show them real death it's like it's so stupid (laughs) fucking people man just crack me up but yeah i have a gripe with that shit because it's like dude it's just fucking nudity it is ridiculous i don't understand why we're still in that like era of just being shocked by our own damn bodies i think it's really led to some fucked up shit like people um i think there's a lot of passive aggressive um actions that come from people i think it's weird i think mm-hmm. by holding it down like it's it's like a pressure cooker you know well like, yeah it's I like mean, that, denying that people ha- of their nature you know it's happens like multiple times already in the past due to like i won't get into this part i guess but like you know how prude it was back in like when the first people were coming over here and even in england yeah or like due to religion etc or whatever but i'm not going to get into that but still like it's just it's happened before sure terrible things come from it and yeah and we still can't learn a damn lesson from like our past or what have you well like i said we're creatures of habit we're Mm. constantly habitually doing things repeated off the past you know we're like lemmings like the lemmings just throw themselves over that's true yeah it's an interesting way of looking at it that's why i'm really uh i find it really 
awesome and interesting when I find people and we have conversations about change, like actual change internally, um, because change comes from within Mm -hmm. and it's what you do with the world that you have around you by, you know, provoking different thoughts and different ideas of what, you know, pushing social norms and values. Like I always talk, like, I mean, we don't talk about it here obviously because it's like politics and religion are a really hard thing to discuss because, you know, you don't want to offend people, you know, and, and, uh, and it's easy to offend people when you talk about faith and something as complex as that. But, um, it's always a fascinating conversation, I think, to have those kind of just discussing the morals and the norms of things and why, you know, I think why, if you're going to be really is always a big, yeah. Well, if you can't answer why without anything other than like, just because it's kind of confusing, but at the same time, like, you know, you could say that about like love of your significant other or your kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I've realized with my religious friends or friends that are close with their God. It's like they, um, they feel a connection like I do with my daughter to God, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, and then God is always like above everything else, above themselves and their family. And it's always been an interesting thing, but yeah, we don't have to get into that because it gets really crazy. And (laughs) I try not to talk about too much because yeah, it's just really challenging. I don't want to offend anybody because that's the worst way of like getting across your ideas to other people and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think if you just go through your life, like not being a dickhead and you're trying to push things in a nice way and then, mm-hmm. cause, yeah, there's, there's definitely ways of pushing your ideas across aside from like putting a gun in somebody's face or, you know, is there? <laughs> yeah, it's, That's how it's, it's slower. <laughs> it's slower. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm learning about Genghis Khan right now on that podcast. <laughs> it's fucking fe- like f- crazy. Like, yeah, that guy's crazy. The, well, it's funny though. Like he's just like, you know, like anything, it's like a Hitler or something like there's, it's not necessarily him. Of course he is the seed of it, but mm-hmm. it's the people that follow that person. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me realize like how connected we are as humans, as much as we act like we're not, we're incredibly connected. That's the proof of the internet, you know, like, um, and it, you can see it in patterns of, fa- of like people's, uh, energy or their like attention towards something. Like when things go viral, you know, like you can see how connected people are, you know, yeah. like the connections of things like similarities and things that people connect with. I just find it fascinating though. But the whole Genghis Khan thing is like, fuck man, like shit was fucked up, like <laughs> fucked up on a level that I can't even perceive like Holocaust level shit on a bigger scale of yeah. just, just madness. And and it doesn't really get um, talked about at all. In America, I mean, it happened quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, it happened yeah. quite some time. But still, yeah, that was a an intense moment in history. Not even a moment. It was an intense era. You know, it's just like fuck. You know, yeah. If you want to, if you're ever curious of it, and you do listen to podcasts, the that guy's podcast. The let's see, what's his name? Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. There's a five hour, I think, or oh wow, that's a lot. So I'm Holy looking crap. two four. Six. There's like six hours, no seven hours of of his whole thing about the wrath of Khan, which is fucking. I'm like, and I'm in the second stage of it right now. I'm just like, oh my god, like what the hell, like <laughs> strategic fucking mass killings and murders and stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But damn, I gotta get off this thing. I gotta go get my daughter ready for Halloween stuff soon. Oh, right so. on, yeah. But I don't want to keep you from that at all, dude. I gotta get that candy. Got to I know. Feed it to my already spastic child. Just, <laughs> I may have a kid just to go. Like I can go trick or treating. <laughs> just go by yourself, just all alone. 
Just, it's me. Just hold a sketchbook. I'm an artist. <laughs> They're like, here's the money too. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just show up as myself. Like I wear a mask every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to also mention too. I went to look. Um, sort of those are listening that are prevy to what that we're talking about is you had posted up some crazy ass like tights with like kittens and, and electric oh, yes. bolts. Yes. And I was like, those are fucking sick. Cause when I do jujitsu, uh, where oh. I wear like spats or tights so I can, cause I sweat and I had to have to continue like with my, I have to continually get grip basically. And so I'll uh-huh. wear like leggings and I have like star Wars ones and I have some other random shit, but I saw yours. I'm like, those are fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like six, two, like 185. <laughs> And I'm a, I want to go to like a competition and be rocking like kittens with kittens. Le- like electric bolts. I was like, that's the hardest shit ever. Well, yeah, man. But I if couldn't find it find though. Them. No. Oh. Yeah, I went to Hot Topic and everything. I went with my wife, and she was like, "Really? Are we going to this fucking Hot Topic? <laughs> and you're gonna do what? Like, I'm always pushing her. Like, Norm, she's like, "Dude, you're weird as fuck." Yeah. <laughs> some gems in that store. Yeah. <laughs> hot Topic. It was funny because I hadn't been in there since like high school, and I was yeah. like, "Oh wow!" Like this is crazy <laughs> yeah it's a bit weirder now i mean if it could be i just sure. i go in there now and i'm just like what are these bands like who oh, are these yeah. people <laughs> yeah definitely and there's always like a bob marley thing still though so right, like of there's, course, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like a big weed too. and like pop bob marley and then it's like blink 182 like yeah 2.0 or whatever that hell that is so <laughs> popular culture shit for kids there were but, there were some other pair of tights that i wanted to get and they had like wolves <laughs> oh, that sounds sick. <laughs> you know, wolves and like dream catchers and lightning bolts on it too. Oh, and I God. was like, ah, oh, but they weren't in my size and they were also way too expensive for a clearance rack. They were oh. still like 20 bucks. Oh, damn. I, I, I like, no. <laughs> that's not that bad. This shit that I buy, like the Nike stuff that I buy is uh, like 45 bucks or something. Yeah. I do most of my like clothes shopping at Goodwill stuff. So. Okay, well, yeah, you're on a different spectrum then. Yeah, For a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. <sighs> yeah, good old times. <laughs> Some amazing clothes. Like I found a shirt with a, a very like lithograph printed hippo, oh, and cool. it has the word like the hippo's mouth is like wide open. And it's got the word holler underneath. And I was like, who would give this away? It's amazing. Yeah, it's always, you find that one gem thing. I grew up super poor. And so we'd always have to go and shop there. So I'm like, I hate it. So I don't oh, go, yeah. like, I hate the smell of that mothball shit. I'm like, oh, like it gets me furious. And so I get all insecure and shit. So I don't go there anymore. I But now I feel like I kind of want to go back and get some weird ass shit, you know? it's better i like the ones that aren't goodwill but they're thrift stores in the sure. area that are like operated differently and Try to class like. it up a little bit yeah but the goodwill yeah. is like when you get like those really crazy gems though mm-hmm. you get like yeah. a, a wool knit sweater that says like fuck yeah or something you know like <laughs> but it doesn't say that well, but it says like merry christmas that. but it's like fucking all stupid and shitty and fucked up yeah <laughs> world's best grandma sweater that's yeah that sounds good yeah. i have a world's best aunt mug that i drink there. i drink my oh, milk and cookies okay. uh, yeah <laughs> i yeah. used to have a mug from goodwill that had the word it you know the actually i saw it in true detective mm. I think and I remember it that. It has mug. like a big hug mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that exact mug that's in cool. college. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. 
someone broke it. I, I remember that mug from that scene too. That was probably yeah. the best thing about that entire se- season was that scene of him talking about the loop of life. That was cool. And I, drinking from a big hug mug. Yeah. That was like the last thing I watched. I didn't watch. I didn't watch that series. I just saw like one episode. Oh, you should watch it. It's good. It ends kind of. Yeah, but I I liked it though. Like it, there's a great build and lots of fun character development and stuff. It's it's cool. I think they did a really great job with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I have to go. Yeah, I'll let you go. Sorry, we'll keep talking. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much for having me. Totally, absolutely. Best of luck with all the tattoo stuff and Thank everything you. else. I'm gonna hit you up for some commission stuff, maybe if you're not too busy down sure. the road. So yeah, feel free. Yeah, I'll 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 ping you via email and stuff. But um, yeah keep rocking it and um you too yes every day all day every day (laughs) all day (laughs) and happy halloween and happy halloween enjoy those movies and let me know what you think i think you'll enjoy i will they're they're mind fuck so yeah (laughs) awesome (laughs) yeah the total trip so killer all right well have a great halloween and um, you too i'll chat with you soon bye That does it for this week's episode, boys and girls. Thank you again for listening in. You can find links to Natalie's work and all the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 81, where you can also find links to our Facebook and Twitter and give us some love on iTunes if you feel up for it. Big thanks again to everyone and go be prolific and inspire the world. Peace.